Hey, real quick, I just wanted to let you know that Gabba Gabba Hunt is now a record store. Well, not really a store, but a booth at an antique store located in Eastridge Mall in Gastonia, North Carolina. Vintage Village is three stores down from Dillard's on the left. And my booth is on the left side of Vintage Village. It's the one with all the records. You can't miss it. I've got over a thousand records, toys, t-shirts, DVDs, VHS, all kinds of stuff there. So come check it out. Gabba Gabba Hunt Records and Vintage Goods located in Vintage Village at Eastridge Mall, Gastonia, North Carolina. You are now listening to the Gabba Gabba Hunt Talks Podcast, where we bring you conversations with people connected to the Carolina's underground music scene. Your host, Mike Phillips of Van Huskins. Yeah, I rode up to, uh, so I went to the yard sales this morning, found a bunch of those, like, all this Mickey Mouse stuff, which I sold one of these last week. Mickey Mouse. Damn. And so I found another one today. I was like, yeah, oh, that. I'm telling myself um, I need to do that shit. Then went to uh, Flea Market for a little bit, found a few records there. Um, then I rode to Ma- uh, Maiden, I keep wanting to say Marion, but Maiden, uh, to meet a, a old friend that had some records his mom's records and she passed away a couple of years last year or some, sometime fairly recently so bought some records talked to him for a little bit and then he all he had a bunch of these too like, <laughs> he saw he saw that I bought some glasses earlier today so he's like you, you interested in some more like Looney Tunes glasses I was like oh yeah you re- I got re-sailing? like a box full of those is that what you're doing for reselling yeah 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 cause I've been looking at a few dudes that do it on online and like record it and like yeah I've been trying to look out for that stuff but I, I don't really go to yard sales too much but I need to I I used to I go to start I used I to guess. go fairly regularly but after a while I was like you know I was going especially just going here in Kings Mountain I just was not yeah, buying a whole lot so. yeah you probably bought up all the good stuff already <laughs> yeah so but like for for you know for a while I'm I didn't go to yard sales a lot because I, I just didn't um, seem like I found much in Kings Mountain but I started going to like some weeks I'll go to Clover or well Lake Wiley. Okay. Some weeks I'll go to Gastonia. Sometimes like this morning I just went to Kings Mountain because I had a lot to do today and I'm like there were seven yard sales. I ended up finding eight, but there were seven listed. I'm like that's enough for me to kind of yeah. run around, then get back home and straighten up a little bit, and mm-hmm. then get to Marion or Maiden. I keep I said it again, <laughs> but uh, but I've started going like every week now, or pretty much every week. I didn't go last week because I had my pop up. Although I did look to see if there's anything close by that I yeah. could go to before mm-hmm. I left for my pop up. Uh, but I go just about every week, and I almost always find something, and T-shirts or records or VHS or videotape, I mean, DVDs or toys. So I always find something. Yeah, I need to get my butt up next month and start going out a little bit. Me and Jeff Williams did it a few times in Charlotte, and we had yeah. a ball every time I, I we did I need to get, get up with Jeff sometime. He was, he was telling me about some places like thrift stores over there. Oh, he knows some good places to go. To. Man, he used to get up the ass crack of dawn for um, yeah. yard sales, and it'd pay off, too. Yeah, I mean, you got to to. I mean, like this morning, I was running just a little bit late getting out of here, but I, I try to be there. Whichever one I think is going to be the best, I try to be there right at when they start. And, uh, but, I mean, it's hard to find records in Kings Mountain. Um, Look out uh, for those vintage video games and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. big yeah, time. Just Pokemon stuff galore. Why is my mic not picking up here? What's going on? Oh no! Looks like the switch on. Has got a switch. 
does have a switch. <laughs> yeah, is that it. it? Yeah. Now you test yours. Hey, Just, hey, hey. Do yeah, I got a switch yeah. on? Everybody's working now. My, mine wasn't. No, I was like, there was, I knew there was something going on. Oh, let's see. Just trying to think real quick before we get started. Get these all cranked up. That one probably does not need to be cranked up. I don't think it matters. I was about to get going on uh, guitar pedals and stuff. If you want to talk about guitar pedals, we can talk about guitar pedals. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to. Well, you're talking about this little compressor here and replacing it with a different one. I mean, that's what I did. I had a Boss, the blue mm -hmm. compressor, but then I built a like a Ross com compressor clone, and it's much easier. It's just two knobs instead of like four. Yeah. So it's kind of like the attack and the release are already kind of determined, but it's in a good range for guitar or bass anyway, yeah, yeah, so... Yeah. It's a lot better. It's it's a better. It's a more more musical form of compression. I mean that boss is good, but you do have to you have to get it right for what you're using. Yeah, you know, yeah. what you're using it for. I think you know with mine, I just kind of got it to where I think that sounds good, <laughs> and and I leave it, and then I hope it always stays the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we can we can get started pretty much any time. I guess right now. <laughs> and this was going to be, I don't really know that we're going to kind of fly by the seat of our pants here because um, I've been real slack about sort of trying to book things in advance. And part of the reason is I, I'm trying to work on getting a couple of people. And so when I'm working on one person and I, I don't want to overbook them or, you know, book up the time when they might be able to do it, I just work on that one person. And when it doesn't pan out, that's when, like, a couple of weeks ago, I called James up. Hey, man, can you do the podcast? <laughs> and so this week I, I was like, Jordan had mentioned to me being on the podcast again, and you've been mentioning, you know, wanting to be on the podcast again. So I've got John Bowman and Jordan Bowman here with me today, and we don't really know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> I've got a couple of ideas of things that we can, you know, local music things we can talk about, and uh, this one might go a little bit of all over the place. <laughs> it's fine with me. But before we do, do before we kind of get to talking about other stuff, let's talk a little bit about what the War Boys are doing right now. Or just, I'm sorry, what War Boys U.S. are doing right now, not the War Boys. <laughs> oh, whatever. However you want to say it. <laughs> I always go through this whenever you're on. No, yeah. it's fine. John, you can take the lead. Uh, you well, do, do, do you do the bulk of the bulk of the work, I would say. So Yeah, well, we're not able to play shows right now. Um, you know, Jordan's health is just, just prevents that. So we just, uh, we're still able to record. He can handle some recording. So we're kind of working on that right now. Um Working on some new songs, and we're going to do actually do some uh, re-recordings of some old ones yeah. that kind of developed more after the initial recording. Yeah, you were you know? telling me that. So yeah. we kind of want to, you know, revisit some of those. You know, we're not going to revisit all the songs we've done in the past, but you also said you just feel like you can record them better now too, right? Yeah, that's also a factor. The uh, both of the Smallwood brothers were kind of after me about that for a while, like re-recording some of the old ones. Yeah, for the same reasons I cited, they just kind of developed and got better mm -hmm. with time, much better than the than where we were at with the recordings. So we did a lot of those recordings really um, soon after writing the songs. Because yeah. when we first started, we were like really all kind of overdue to do some things and we're really itching to do it. So we didn't take a lot of time. It was just like, oh, all right, we wrote this song. Here it is. Let's record it. Let's keep going. You know, we wanted to get to playing back to playing really quick, so we needed a full set list basically to play live and so some of those songs we could have spent more time on we may have rushed them a little bit but i, th I think most still bands, good. Still good. i think most bands when they're getting started kind of 
do that. And it's not necessarily because you're impatient or, but you kind of have to get stuff together if you want to play shows. Yeah, we didn't want to wait around too long. Yeah, I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't like going out and playing shows and not have anything to sell. Yeah, yeah you so to sell, I was but, like, but let's do some just, recordings before we even get some, out there. Sometimes it's hard to get a show unless you've got something they can listen to. Yeah, that's, that's so, true know. as well, yeah. So, but you got a lot of times for, for bands like us, like I, I would say, because ben, ben does the same thing. Man, I'd like to go back and record so-and-so. I'd like to re-record that. Or if we record that now, we probably won't ever re-record it again. I'm like, why do we need to re-record it? But I kind of get that because... For bands like us, like our demos end up becoming releases. It's just you know that's that's the way it is. Yeah, it's, man. Sometimes you you perceive that a song needs a re-recording, but it, it doesn't really. You know, but yeah. sometimes it, it it truly does. I was telling him when we was setting up the <clears throat> next session for one of those songs that I don't even know if I want to do it because the performance is just there on the first one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blackfinger. We talked about that. Yeah, we one. talked about redoing that because it's a, a favorite of ours. But yeah, the performance on the original is so good. It's like really, <laughs> you know, it's like a lot to live up to again. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but we've been enjoying it. So uh, I guess our most immediate goal is to have a digital single or two out in the next, you know, in the coming months. Yeah, yeah. And we're not too far from from having one ready. Just some uh, little more guitar work in the vocals, you know, final mix, and we'll be there on yeah. the first one. You said um, you'll be working on that some more tomorrow, right? So, yeah, yeah, we're actually going tomorrow to work on it. And we've after all, tomorrow, um, we should have all the guitars yeah, done. We've all had, you know, holiday personal issues pop up when we're trying to do it. And like, so mm-hmm. I think we're getting past that and we can start really pushing it now and working on it and have it have something within. Yeah, like he said, a month or two. Yeah, that's one thing. Like as, as an as an adult, like it, something always comes up and gets in the way. Just, it does. You know, it's, it's just inevitable, <laughs> especially when everybody has children. Yeah, when you got kids or uh, health issues or you know, I mean, sometimes just even just just work gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Even, even when you're not working, sometimes work just makes you feel like I don't want to do this shit today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that feeling. I'm telling my brother, I got to shake that now. It's I like, forgot the kittens were out. Sylvester's out. They're fine. Just yeah. if, if you get up to go to the bathroom or anything, just watch your watch your steps. Like, <laughs> yeah, those cats are small enough. To yeah, they'll get up on your feet if you're quick. not careful. <laughs> I, I might I might put them up. I think the kittens are probably all in there. They might be there in that time, but mom was out here walking around. So <laughs> yeah, but it's been fun to record again, and uh, we have been taking it awful slow though. <laughs> yeah, I would like things to happen quicker, but I, like we were just saying, everybody's got things going on, and also. Um, you know, kind of taking a different approach now. We really don't have any big reason to rush. Yeah. So we take our time on a song, you know, and if it needs a little more developing while we're working on it, you know, we kind of recognize that and work. It's a little bit different of a workflow. It used to be don't think about it, just do it, mm-hmm. you know, for those reasons we stated earlier in the earlier times. And now it's thinking more about, well, you know, what can we do with this? How can this, you know, develop or just a little more listen to what we're doing and how could this, just asking, you know, a few extra times, how could this be better? Is there anything else you can do, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's something I put into practice. I've talked about this before on air. Like, that's something I started putting into practice more often with my solo stuff. Like, just because nobody was waiting on me, yeah, you know? Yeah. So I could just take as much time as I want, rethink this, and I don't even have to argue with anybody other than my own self about what I'm going to do. So. <laughs> I know when you released that last single, I think you said that you were probably done recording stuff, like your own stuff for a little while, but you're working on some more new stuff of your own, yeah, too, aren't um, you? He was playing me something in the car today. Yeah, I was I was uh, on the way up here actually practicing so I can do the vocals on this new yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, so I'm having a, a prehistoric John release out, too, probably... 
Yeah, you know, rough, maybe roughly the same time as the uh, War Boys one, or maybe before, maybe after. It just depends, you yeah, know. Yeah. And, and those aren't the only two things I've I've been working. I'm working on some other stuff here and there, like mm-hmm. just like um, you know, engineer work. Yeah, like I did, I did recently. I finished uh, Street Clones. Oh yeah, uh, live record. Yeah, which man, this is kind of funny. When I first heard it, I told John Bridges, I was like. <laughs> don't put this out because I mean he kind of he did a pretty good job of like turning me against it before I heard it <laughs> he's like oh I think this thing kind of sucks but I don't know it might be good you know and I was like well you know you're going to be your own worst critic of course let me hear it and I listened to it and I got back to him like yeah man this thing quite ain't you know it ain't quite up to par I probably wouldn't put it out either and mm-hmm. then you know, a week or two pass, and he's like, man, would you give that one more listen? Tell me what you think. Because he's like, I'm kind of thinking now that I like it, and it, I should probably put it out. And I listened to it again. It was a whole different experience the second time. I guess maybe I wasn't in the right mood or frame of mind yeah, the first yeah, time. or he, <laughs> he just talked it down so much that that become the reality. Of but I really liked it a lot the second time. So I was like, yeah, let's do it. So, uh, yeah, I just cleaned it up, and mm-hmm. it's... Uh, it was done in a snap. I I love quick projects like that. Yeah, that was something that yeah. Malcolm Tent recorded. Yeah, it? he did. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He recorded a Van Husken show a while back. I need to ask him if he's got that. And if it Chances out are good. it's pretty good. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. He usually does. I think he's unless he's changed it since I've seen it last. He usually does like a two microphone. Yeah, he did. Setup. And that's what this one is like. He did that day. It was, it was a show we played at Tommy's a while back, and if, if I remember correctly, it was a pretty decent show too. So I need to see if he'll send me that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to try to see if I could get a kitten on the microphone. Dolly, you to say something? She's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyways, I like it. It's it's chaotic. It's completely noisy. It's um, it, it sounds like a punk rock group. It sounds like a bunch of guys that are like, they work hard all the time and they're pissed off and it's their night to uh, cut loose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sound, I like it a lot. It, sounds, it also has some unreleased songs on some songs that aren't in, on in their other records. Yeah, yeah. And one of them I'm a, a big fan of. I'll probably get the title wrong. I believe it's um, Sundown. It's really good. I want to give away what it's about, but maybe you should just, you know get the cd when it comes out and yeah. find out for yourself <laughs> <laughs> it's great so jordan what else have you been up to lately since besides music you've been doing more artwork or yeah kind of doing the artwork um a little bit i got telling the outside i was working on a, a snare that's uh storm shadow and snake eyes for a buddy of mine that's mm-hmm. uh ex-combat vet and he was really into G.I. Joe. And uh, we were, we're like a, it's both a snare into, drum? Yes, yeah, a snare drum. Yeah. We're both into drums. <laughs> it looks awesome. And you should see it's so not finished. It looks I'm going to pass that on. He's going to put the hardware on it. Uh, I got some plans. I, I kind of want to do some kind of comic book. I'm not a big writer, though. But I have some pretty good ideas uh, for comic books, and or at least concepts I can do. Yeah, yeah. So I have a few plans. It's... You know, I'm trying to get myself out of bed. I got to deal with dialysis. Yeah. And it drains me a lot sometimes, but I'm trying to get in that mindset to keep pushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to get back on stage. I want to get back to working on my house. I want to get back to doing art regularly. Yes. Yeah. And, that was one thing I was going to ask was like, were there any plans for, for War Boys to maybe play some shows once this, these songs are recorded and 
even if Jordan maybe can't play a whole full set, maybe play a song or two or Yeah, well I mean of course you'd have to find another drummer to, to do that too. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, when when I see somebody, you know, putting themselves out there saying they want to play in a band and it seems like it might fit for us, I talk to them. But I haven't had any takers, you know. A lot of people are just um quite a bit younger mm-hmm. than we are. They're not really into the same thing. The kind of the kind of Music we play is not exactly like popular yeah, anymore yeah, here. Yeah. Well, it's like know, Van Huskins. If we tried to sell the world, it is, but not really. If we tried to sell Van Huskins on like some young guitar player or young drummer, they'd be like, "What is this shit?" <laughs> yeah, and see that usually they'll they'll hear a song or two. I'll send them a song or two, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm interested" or whatever. But then the more they hear, the more they're like, ah, "I don't know," you know. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that. Like you know, upon first hearing us, you know they're like, oh yeah, you know it kind of sounds like the stuff I listen to, heavy band. But then when they hear some of the stuff that's a little more like classic rock or mm-hmm. uh, classic country influenced a little bit, when they see that the elements kind of in there, they're just kind of like, eh, you know, younger guy. And they're like, oh, I was thinking about something more along the lines of Paramore or something. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I don't even know what that is, dude. But thank you, I appreciate it. So it's like, like I think a lot of those descendants, like you, a lot of, might be okay, but yeah, a lot of those drummers want to play stuff that kind of all sounds the same. Every song is the same kind of like you can't tell they run together. Mm-hmm. There's no difference. We've always just been about writing a good song. And we mix in all our influences, obviously. They just kind of mesh like that and come together. But we all have have a similar musical background as far as our taste goes. So it always works. But like he said, he is struggling to find others that might understand what we do. Yeah, I mean, I've been thinking, you know, like, we don't have to have somebody permanent either necessarily yeah. and i might just enlist a, a you know some friends to fill in here and there if they want to you know because i definitely have a few friends that if you know that you know ask them oh, would yeah. you play a war boy show wouldn't be a yeah that's what i would be always much think work like, for them to jump right in basically, basically get a fill-in drummer because i in my mind jordan would still be the you know the drummer for war boys yeah you know but can't always play. Man, I would live. be I mean, fine like with Laura, that. Laura Balance from Super Chuck. She can't play live anymore because yeah, of her hearing, but she can still play on the records. We know people yeah. that would be willing to do it, but they are in other bands with other obligations too. Yeah, it's uh, tough. To, so. Yeah, for people to schedule anything, want to give you a hand. But I mean, I'd be fine with that if somebody wanted was was like it was enough for them just to play live mm-hmm. sometimes. And George would still write the songs and record the songs I'd be, I'd be fine with that but also we, we've talked and I told him like you know if we get somebody and they're like I'm the dude and your brother's not like that that'll have to be the way it is you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know like you can come along and do the producer type stuff still and, and whatever and help us get recordings done or you know but they, yeah that guy will be the drummer from then you know but but yeah, you know, Jordan, Jordan says he wants goal, to try to yeah. yeah work himself back up to being able to do it again. That's that's what I would really like because mm-hmm. uh, to be honest, uh, maybe another thing that that's making us take a while to get some stuff done recording wise is our motivation. You know, it's like a roller coaster sometimes. Sometimes we're up at the top of it, we're excited about what we've been accomplishing lately, and then sometimes it goes down in the in the pits because we're like, man, it's like. It's hard to imagine doing this with uh, somebody else other than Jordan. So mm-hmm. it, it, it's like it's a weird roller coaster ride in some ways. I, I mean, I've talked before on here what it's like to be in a band with yeah, like <laughs> two sets of brothers. It's kind of weird. <laughs> uh, what I was getting asked, my goal is to get my kidney. My goal is to get back on stage, whether it's Warboys or not. Yeah, yeah. 
my, I would love oh, so it. So when you get course. recovered and you're all great and in no. the band again, because there ain't no drummers, you just gonna I'll go leave find me behind. another band. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, that's not God. that's not what I want. Obviously, so we just don't know how. I don't want to hold my my friends and my brother up. I mean, I can't. I don't want to hold my brothers up. You know, because small ones are like brothers too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I won't, definitely, yeah, don't want them waiting on me. But it's not going to change the fact that I will get back on stage. That's what makes me happy. That's what's fulfilling to my life. And if I don't, I'll just pass away. That's all. I, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. That's me. Like uh, music makes makes me happy. So. If I reach a point where I can't physically get on stage anymore, I still want to be able to do it because yeah. otherwise I might not be, might as well not be here. But my my goal would always be to try to get back on stage. You know, man, I haven't been back on stage since before the pandemic, but I have started being able to go out to some shows again, and uh, it's done a lot for me just going out again and seeing people mm-hmm. and being recognized. I haven't been out in like you three know, months except for a couple of things, so I, I'm, I'm missing it. I'm totally missing no, it. I've even signed a couple of autographs. I wasn't even playing, made my head swell, you <laughs> know. So I, I feel like myself again in some ways, like, yeah. like I haven't in a long time. And, and I, I probably didn't even realize like how much outside of myself I was feeling until, you know, it was kind of like feeling like old times again <laughs> a little bit. I can't know? pay to sign an autograph, but uh, <laughs> everybody – I've talked to lately. I went. We went to the Alice Cooper tribute, and I, it was just like a family reunion there. So it was great, and it was fun. That was a good time. Yeah, that was all around good show. Um, Cold Fracture was good. The um, Love It to Death was good. It it was an early night though. It's like they got the show got going at eight thirty, and I think like eleven. The club was like, oh, it's everything's over. Bar's yeah. closed. <laughs> yeah. Bye. It's like damn, but I get—I don't know. Some the, the old old man in me is like, that's that's all right. I will tell you, Dave Dave Winecoop was making my guts rumble, so I had to dip out early because my stomach was just getting. Base made you have to poop. Oh no, it wasn't that. It was just—it gives you that stuff, that empty pit feeling in your stomach that just kind of like I got to get get something to eat now. Like, but that it was that base the whole time, it just hit me <laughs> in that gut, man. Just like I don't know what he was doing. Playing bass, yeah, he was playing bass. <laughs> yeah, I have, to check, I have to go check them out next time they play. I, I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. A couple of different things going on. Just it was just it's, it's hard for me to commit to things ahead of time. And that just that night, I ended up going. Oh, it was it was because I did the pop up mm-hmm. that day. And by the time I got back here, it was like seven o'clock before I got back here. I had to take a shower. I just I went to Gastonia and saw somebody playing Gastonia mm-hmm. and missed half their half of their set. So oh, yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, I have a friend who wanted to go and. He didn't get off work until like eight thirty. It was like an hour drive for him, and uh, he just he realized it was he wasn't gonna make it in time. Really, yeah. yeah. He made the right call because it ended so early. It really did. <laughs> but then I, I tell you, what was interesting for me is like I know everybody in the band except for um, the singer, which is uh, Mad Brother Ward's daughter, yeah, Kelsey. And uh, what was interesting for me too is. Um, if you know anything about Tankified, which is a band I did with uh, Steve and Barry that are in Love It to Death, mm-hmm. we did a couple of Alice Cooper covers yeah. that I sang. And uh, so when when they started to do this, Barry asked me if I'd be interested in singing at all, and I I just couldn't do it, practicing too far away and all this. And I, I just I wasn't able to, and especially if I was going to keep trying to do what we're doing in War Boys. And let me tell you, it paid off for them 
I think I would have did fine, but it paid off for them that I that I didn't because Kelsey rules. No, she is so amazing, good. dude. Yes, and yeah. everybody I was talked to was like, "Dang, you know, they were just blown away about what she was doing." <laughs> she must get it from Russ, no, right. no doubt about she it. She had the attitude and the voice. Russ was part of the uh, stage show, and yeah. like his his most. Uh, prominent role in it was being like a, a policeman mm-hmm. <laughs> man his acting is so good it was awesome <laughs> was his gut hanging out i couldn't quite see his it looked like his gut out. was kind of like <laughs> no, i, don't, think so. I <laughs> don't know maybe it was a picture i saw online it looked like he had his gut like kind of still like sticking out of his shirt and it was like perfect yeah, he was so he's <laughs> animated it's like I'm, yeah it was great man it, i mean they did an awesome job it was cool it was uh jeff williams help out on stage like yeah he, yeah yeah he was like a Secret Service agent. <laughs> they had somebody else help him out, too, wasn't didn't they? Uh, Russ's son. Cody. Oh, Cody, Cody from yeah. um, Boron Heist. Yeah. yeah. I saw some of those videos. They, they definitely put a lot of effort into that. Yeah. I ran into Owen from uh, Boron Heist at the comic book convention. Um, and I didn't know who he was. He started talking to me, and I was like, man, I'm sorry, but I don't hey, know man. who you are. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, uh, it's Owen. And I was like, oh, shit, sorry, man. He's like, well, I do look different. He did look different. Mm-hmm. Plus, he was wearing a mask, so I didn't, I, you know, it made it harder to recognize him. But I was glad to see him and talk to him a little bit. And um, I hope that band does something again someday. Yeah, it'd be nice. Um, last I talked to Cody about it, I don't, last time I talked to him, we didn't, we didn't really talk about it. But last I talked to him, he... He said it wasn't a dead project. It just was something they just didn't have time for right now. Yeah, he's he's off being a genius right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know how, how those projects go. They may never pick back up, but it wasn't like they and, uh, broke the band up. It's just everybody got busy. John, yeah. John helped celebrate my birthday, and Mark from that band, he came over to the house. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's always been a long friend, long-time friend. <laughs> I had fun with him. He brought a guitar. We were playing it. It's pretty good talking guitars with him. He man, he, he started playing more boy songs too, didn't he? Oh yeah, <laughs> thrilled to see you. You yeah. had a good you had a good birthday party, and it was a good time. <laughs> Way too good. talking about Malcolm earlier and live recordings mm-hmm. so that Street Clones wasn't the only thing I worked on that Malcolm did like okay. uh, this summer like uh, you know a month or two ago he sent me a recording he's like um, you know this you know basically he, he didn't give me a lot of information basically it was a live recording and you could tell the guitar didn't come through very well so it had been overdubbed mm-hmm. right and he sends me the tracks. He's like, can you get this to work and, like, sound all like, you know, it was just the mix was right yeah, from yeah, the beginning? Yeah. Like, And I was like, yeah, I probably can. I told him how I would go about it, you know. And I don't know if he had tried what I tried or not. And it's, I guess it's good enough for him, but I'll, I'll do it, you know. Yeah. And, man, I get it. And, and I start listening to it, and I get, I'm like, this is Devo. And I'm, like, convinced. It's Devo. It sounds just like Devo. Mm-hmm. It's a Devo song. And I'm like, but I'm confused because it had two song names, right? Yeah. I was like, well, it's not, it's not that. I forget what the other song was. Damn it! I, mean, I could remember both if I thought about it enough. But now I've got myself on the spot. But the song's "Race of Doom." 
that's the actual song that's being played, being performed on this live recording. Yeah. And uh, Super Thing is the other, and I was like, okay, it, it's not that song, because I knew that was a Devo song, too. But I was like, I was convinced this was Devo. Mm-hmm. And I tried to get Malcolm to, like, spill the beans, and, like, he's just messing with me, I think, and just, like, didn't say it, like, outright, you know? Yeah. Or maybe he didn't get that I was asking it was Devo, if it was Devo or whatever, because mm-hmm. I was kind of, I, I did kind of put it in, like, weird terms. But, uh, it wasn't. It was actually a, a tribute, a, a tribute band super thing that Malcolm played guitar in. Okay. And they were playing, it's from the devotional, so. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the, the Devo convention. Mm-hmm. So that was awesome. But, I mean, they sounded so much like them. I, it was like, it was really actually a shock to find convention. out it wasn't Devo. <laughs> yeah. And, and the reason why I find out is I got curious and I started, uh, Googling, you know, like live, you know, recently or whatever. And then I found, I found the performance of, the actual audio that I record. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The video version of it. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> it, was, it was so good. But that that was fun to work on. Yeah, yeah. And I did get it to sound cohesive. Like, it was really good. So, I, I don't know if that's coming out on anything or what, but I hope it is. <laughs> you might just have to fix it for his own personal listening. You know? Man, I don't, I don't mean to like try to show Malcolm's cards or whatever. I've worked on quite a few things for him that are very interesting that, that he just has like now, like whenever he decides to push the button on them and let them go, release Mm -hmm. them, you know, like really, really good things. He talked about some stuff he had. I was like, they would want to hear. Yeah. (laughs) Not sure if you want to hear it or not. (laughs) Well, people want to hear this stuff. Some of some of their musical heroes doing stuff they never heard before. Yeah. That they didn't know existed. Yeah. (laughs) Like that good. I don't go down the rabbit hole with those kind of people, <laughs> I guess. You get in them weirdo rabbit holes. Yeah. You start talking weird. to me about things that end up blowing up the next day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he did. He told <laughs> me about, about that. Guy, the guy, about the guy, yeah, he told me about ago. that like the week that, that that happened. Well, I thought I told you about it years ago. You might have forgot. But you might have, but, but I might mention you it, mentioned it to me fairly. like the week before. You're like, man, we're just going to see this thing. It's really weird. Nobody knows who erected it. And it's just like about. Oh, I know who to put it This up, is the Earth's so. carrying capacity. Not, not really. Their, their take on what they think yeah. the Earth's carrying capacity is. Do like with my RC Christian. I don't or hear another like thing about it until it's blown yeah. up. Someone <laughs> blew it up. Yeah, and the 4chan people went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they, yeah, because yeah, I, I did, I did tell him, and I was surprised he didn't know what they were or had heard anything about them. That's not that yeah, well I'd, known. I'd, I'd heard about them before. It's one of those things I always kind of wanted to go see, but just yeah, never, well, I'd just, just forgotten about it. I did study masonry, and I, the, I think the dude that put it up was a mason. So, <clears throat> did you hear and, what was in the time capsule? They opened the time capsule of that thing, and um, it was like a bunch of quaaludes. Really? Yeah, it was like a, it was like a Playboy magazine signed by damn Burt Reynolds sounds and like a shitload of That sounds like <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, I believe it. Oh, oh, oh yes. Uh, I forget what the third. But that item thing was, was supposed was to be like as absurd, a, an astrological you know tool as well, and like a sundial, and it had the uh, you know instructions for quote-unquote what happens after a cataclysm or something mm-hmm. to restart humanity or whatever. I think it was a little bit more to that, but 
you just have to get like I said follow that rabbit hole a little bit if you want to but yeah, <laughs> it was you know somebody hated enough to blow it up mm-hmm. and get you know and risk their whole life in jail well, there were a lot of people that, that said it was satanic and oh. it was just you know a lot, well, of people, a lot of people that didn't like it for different reasons like I said like the people that study kind of the occult uh, you know they put pieces together and you know some people believe that like I said it was instructions some people believe it's like what they need to do now yeah to sustain life on earth and that's killing off 90 some percent of people yeah well 500 so, million was what they, they said it yeah be 500 million <laughs> should be the cap God, yeah. that's actually really low I think you yeah, know like yeah it is really low we get sustained but one you're million. talking about the one percent <laughs> of the one percent of this earth that want to rule in my opinion mm. so yeah but I wanted to go see him I talked to my wife about taking a road trip I've talked to John maybe about wanting to see him and like yeah somebody just uh, detonated that thing so now I can't see it yeah. I thought maybe I'll make a, maybe I'll take a quick road trip and see the rubble <laughs> but I didn't do it probably picked it all up Is it, they demolished the rest of yeah, it yeah they demolished the rest of it Man, I'm much more interested in stuff that was here like b- before uh, white people came here. Yeah, man, there's there's still there's supposedly some I forget where this thing is, but like this really impressive earthen structure that you know looks like a serpent of some kind and does like the you know the tricks of light and shadow on certain oh, days. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And This mm-hmm. and that. And that's what I want to see. Um, that's much more interesting to me. The Things Aztecs, that people did. The Quetzalcoatl. You know, what was the Quetzalcoatl? I can't remember his, his name. Uh, their god, yeah, whatever they had it with I the sun <laughs> and uh, like their steps, like and it was like he was descending from heaven because of the shadows. Oh yeah, that yeah. one pyramid does that. Yeah. yeah, that's totally cool. Kind of looks like, like undulations. Like yeah, I cannot the, pronounce that that god's name though. Quetzalcoatl yeah, or something. I believe that's Ooh. it. It's good enough. For, yeah, it's good uh, enough for an English the serpent speaker. God. Yeah, but it's pretty. Yeah, I always wanted to see that structure for sure. That yeah, would be, that would be. I didn't get to see that, something. but I did go see Foamhenge up in uh, <laughs> Natural Bridge, Virginia, oh, several years ago. It's, it's gone now. Supposedly, the, he sold it to somewhere, some farm, <laughs> and it's been re-erected. But I don't know. I don't know if it, if it, well, it was supposed to be re-erected. I don't know if it ever did got re-erected or not. But it was just some weird roadside attraction, a big replica mm. of Stonehenge made out of foam, <laughs> like styrofoam, Dang. stuff they make like styrofoam coolers out of. The Jenkins brothers from Self-Made Monsters have been to the Great Pyramids. Mm-hmm. At one point, when they were like, I think, I think maybe they were all in high school, and uh, their parents are like, "We're going to take you anywhere in the world you want to go on vacation this year. Where do you want to go?" I th- I don't know what happened. Maybe they got an inheritance, or I don't won some lottery, or I don't know what. But they were like, "Anywhere in the world you two boys want to go, we'll go." Yeah. And they said, we'd like to see the Great Pyramid. So they went. Mm-hmm. And they Damn. come back with like a lot of home video and stuff. And they showed it to Eddie. Like They brought Eddie over the house. I was like, look at this, Eddie. And like it was a, <laughs> it was a video of them riding camels, right? Mm-hmm. And it, there was like a good shot of Mikey riding a camel. And Eddie said... He turned to, to, to Mike and Scott's dad and said, look at that, Camel's got three humps. <laughs> said, that, <laughs> said that Mike and Scott's dad thought that was hilarious. 
<laughs> and I thought that was cool because they would tell me about it. Oh, it was cool to see, you know. And that was so awesome because that's not what my answer. That. If I was their age, I would have probably been like something stupid. It's a damn yeah. good answer, though. That's you go anywhere in the world, a lot of kids be like, take me down to Disney World. Yeah. I'm like, what well, lollipops it's like a mickey mouse shape <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know like that i want to go to myrtle beach let's go to myrtle beach oh can you take me to one of them beaches where they let them wear phones <laughs> <laughs> no yes yeah man. man i would definitely want to go somewhere like that i wonder what we would have said at that age we'd uh, probably be like so the beaches where they wear phones yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to think of what I would have said at that time. Shoot, I, I think I was Daytona Beach. Yeah, we'd be like, you stay down Daytona, you can drive over a beach. <laughs> Might not. Can you still? You could at the time. Yeah, I know we could. I remember doing down. it. But nowadays you might not because they worry about oil seeping in the sand or something, you know. There's some beaches <laughs> you can still drive on. Um, but not not that many of them. Yeah, I wouldn't advise that, like from an environmental standpoint. I see some Ninja Turtles. Is that VHSs? Yeah. 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 I'm just find some of them. I haven't done anything with those yet. I'll eventually price those. And VHS tapes are selling well, though. I got plenty. And I, I got originals, like original ETs, original Batman from mm-hmm. that, you know. And so, yeah, I'm trying to keep them Batman, in the best yeah. condition, but... Batman Returns somewhere. If I get desperate, I'll sell the shit out because I think one of those original Batmans can sell up to two fifty. Because back in the day, they were easy to find. I'd go to Goodwill and find them. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I was showing off my VHS collection. Some of them are highly collectible now, especially if they're sealed. So they're collectors that will pay a lot for. Them. I do VHS? have a few. That, I do have yeah, a few that yeah. are sealed. I, now, I sold a copy of, of Cobra for like, I think it sold for thirty nine dollars. Oh, I love Cobra, which is not. A lot, but still, for I paid fifty cents. I paid fifty yeah. cent for it. Sylvester Stallone, yeah. yeah. And I've got another copy profit. of that, another sealed copy yeah. of it. I just need to put online. I've got that, and I've got a sealed copy of Spider Man. Oh, I need to put yeah, online. That one will probably sell for for a decent amount. But I just put them on, let them bid it up, and see yeah. what it ends at. I got a few sealed. I need to see what I got sealed still, but I do have some original VHS, and they're they're outrageous. You you know they're getting in, some of them into two hundreds. Three hundred dollars. Yeah, I've been really surprised over the booth. They've been big, a big seller, or they were at first, and then like, I was like, okay, I need to bring some more over here. But then I went back a couple of weeks with some more, and like, nobody really bought any more <laughs> from mm-hmm. that first time. But I still was able to fill stuff back in, <clears throat> and I've got plenty of stock of. Oh yeah, I'm always VHS looking out for VHS and cassette tapes now, and yeah, everything's I, I've coming got, back. I got a decent amount of cassettes too, but I don't have them in the booth yet because I just feel like that's one thing that would. Easily walk away. Oh yeah, I got some race <laughs> I mean, I've got CDs and I've got uh, some small toys that could easily walk away too. But yeah, I feel like cassettes are just too, too, too tempting. So I don't know. I might, might eventually get a like a little lock case for them or something and put them in there, or see if I can snag some counter space. I bought me an awesome uh, Eagle bubblegum machine that I'm gonna put out in the laundry room, and if it does well, I might just do me a little bit of like gumball business. On side side hustle, I love gumball machines, and you should have got into s- that when when homies was popular. Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a <laughs> Y'all seen those the documentary on that guy? Them. Those kids, kids that did homies them. like he got rich off of that. Some of those time. homies you can sell for like mm-hmm. a tremendous amount. He's got of money. Yeah. So I've got a bunch of. I, I've been selling them for like Little two for a like dollar, that. but I really should put some on eBay yeah, and yeah. make some money off of them. Some weird, like the weird. The weird rare ones can get like you can get like forty bucks for one of those little things. Mm-hmm. You paid a quarter for, you know, fifty cents for. So I like. I've always liked that that uh, 
the vending machine kind of thing. My wife's got a vending machine at at, her, at the, the hotel, so it sparked me to do that. I like doing that. And it'd yeah. be easy for me to do, just, you know, and kind of fun, I think. Can be I can't handle the that. big vending stuff. It's just too much shopping to do for it, but. I can handle order some gumballs. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I, I like the toys too. Like Kids the still love toys. them things. My daughter drives me nuts about it. Yep. And I yeah. don't even care, carry any like physical money anymore. I'm just like, no, can't you, help you're me. not going to get rich off of it. It, <laughs> it can supplement, you know, gas and food or whatever you need. Not all of these, but some of these things came out of, yeah, out of vending machines. And we used to, sometimes we just stop in like by food line and just go into the vending machine and get out. No, Especially so, they had yeah. those little domo things and. Because we were trying to collect them all. <laughs> it's like we go in, take $2 worth of quarters in, and get mm-hmm. what we could. Uh, me and my, my nephew and my daughter. <laughs> if it goes well, like claw machines do well for people sometimes. So. Yeah, yeah, because they just rip everybody off. That's free money. <laughs> <laughs> just about because they're kind of rigged. Nine, out, nine well, times out of ten, you'll lose. <laughs> yeah, and, and if you're not good on that, that one time out of ten, then yeah. the, the, the vending machine still wins. Like, you don't sometimes snatch, you, can come, you can come in at the right time and get behind that you know eighth person you're that ninth one that wins it mm-hmm. so you know but they do well for people that are in that kind you're of just run away business. with a carnival and be one of them damn no dudes that no, 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 win no. a big ass monkey <laughs> remember that guy at the fair? i'm not a salesman it's just like a behind the scenes <laughs> job i've tried sales and hell no well i probably could do a carnival one so now we got i'm kids. silly yeah i was <laughs> we're all active Come here, bud. I don't know why Come she's here, decided bud. to start meowing. Somebody's oh, the, walked away from her. The mama king. There she is. Now, I've been enjoying the mile, so I've been back three times since it kind of got re- remodeled a little bit. I don't even know if it's going to call it. just got changed a yeah. tad. I, I went a few times. It's, it's the same place. I went, I went a few times last year. I, I don't think I've been much. This, I definitely haven't been to any shows. Well, I've been to a couple. Dexter Ron Weber and I went to Gastonia to see World Sauntering Day last week for half of their set. But I haven't been to any shows this summer, partially because I've just been so busy. But another reason is just gas prices. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like, uh, think about driving to Charlotte. I'm like, man, that's like four gallons of gas to get there and back. Yeah, that's uh, right. It's kind of rough. It's like 20, 20, 25 bucks, 30 bucks just Ooh, to get there and yeah. back. You know? I got to put 93 in my car. It hurts. But the other reason is just because, especially like Milestone, and even Tommy's Pub, this time of year is just miserably hot. And... I'm, I'm about done with that miserably hot stuff. <laughs> <laughs> man, I, it wasn't I bad. Up. I don't know. It was kind of hot the second time I went this summer at the Milestone, but I could deal with it. You know what it's I mean? It's definitely it, bad to play there in the summer. It no. cooled off going into the night. It's yeah. better than it used to be. They, they really need. Far. <laughs> the, the owner of this place supposedly has some deep pockets and wants to invest money in it. They really need to get a nice air conditioning system in there. I know it's not going to make a huge difference, but it'll make a difference. It, it, yeah, I know it's it'll an be an investment. Cost. I just investment. don't know how you'll ever insulate that place properly. Well, you know yeah, what I mean? But got, they used to have an air conditioning in there, and it made a difference. It wasn't a huge difference, but it made a difference. They got one. And it, made, it made a difference in the summer. Well, no, they don't. Oh, they don't. <laughs> no, last time I went, the duct works all broken up. The, oh man! The the unit outside itself looks like it's been robbed of copper. It's, oh it's, man, yeah, it could it's, have it's, been. Man, I swear the 
Maybe it just wasn't hot. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. It seems like the first time I went this year. Of course, maybe they fixed it since then. But like I went last summer one time about since they made the changes. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't get to go again until about the same time this year. And, that, mm-hmm. and then I've been I've been that time and another time. But it seems like it was nice and cool with AC the first time. But uh, you I said, you said <laughs> I was looking for AC last time I was in there. And I'm like, oh, no, the ductwork's like all oh, You said apart. copper <laughs> theft, and that shit's on the rise, man. So, yeah, you better watch out with that yeah. stuff. Because people was, <laughs> I, lo- I rode by the Shelby Star the other day. And it looks like somebody tore something out of the wall outside of it. And it's probably exactly what it was, some kind of copper pipe. And <laughs> When I lived in Charlotte, I drove around for, for my job, like, all day long. And I would see the funniest things fenced in to protect them from, yep. like, mm-hmm. like church vans, and like the church wouldn't have a big fence around it, but just the van just would the have van, this, like it'd be like in this enclosure, yeah, yeah. like a cage or something, yeah. Because yeah. people had stolen the damn catalytic converters yep, off, and they dude. stole the catalytic converters off the vehicles at my job. I got in a van one day to drive it, and I was like, "This thing is loud as hell." Yeah, this is exactly like, what, what in the world. And I got up under it, and it was just like this huge <laughs> section missing. <laughs> They've been, yeah, been doing that lately. I worry about because I got a, I got my old car parked outside, and I got, I, but luckily I'm home, and nobody messes with my stuff. But I had thought about somebody maybe coming around stealing that while I'm not at the house. And ugh. man, I am completely unaffected by crime where I live. It is yeah. such an awesome thing. I, I, I I'm not saying it'll always too. be that way. There's no guarantee or nothing, but it's it's nice yeah, out there, man. There's that's, crime around me, but... If I ever complain about where I live, that's um, the big pro you can just keep yeah. in mind. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've lived I at my house. I haven't had to deal with any crime. I lived at my house, Shelby, for not quite 10 years, going on 10 years, but I've not had one problem where I live. I had some tweaker wreck in my me. yard, but that's... Yeah, you told me about that. That's crazy. He paid for that one. He was he was beat up, and he had to replace our mailboxes. I knew how sore he was, and he was like, man, I'll just pay you to replace your own mailbox. I'll give you the money. Yeah, he didn't want I was yeah, like, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> I made him do it. <laughs> you need to learn a lesson, bud. Well, he, man, he, he wrecked in my yard, and then he's like... You know, taking his license plate off and throwing it in the weeds, yeah. throwing like his stash yeah. and all this shit, and then he comes back later like, "Man, care if I weed eat over there a little bit? I threw that plate out because I don't want to get in trouble and that's that and blah blah blah." And I'm like, whatever, dude. Uh-huh. But then he's like, "You know, oh man, I'll I'll pay somebody to work, you know, to to oh yeah." You know, he's like, you know anybody I could pay to replace your mailbox and blah, 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 blah. And then he, he started, oh, nobody wants to work shit. Like, before that got mm-hmm. to be a big thing. He's yeah. like, nobody wants to work no more, man, you know. Like, <laughs> he tried to pay me to replace my own mail. I made him do it. And he's like, my ribs sure do hurt and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he was an older guy. But, man, he wrecked a BMW, a white, nice white BMW. Oh, man. Just like flipped the, I mean, it was just all to hell. Like, and there's no reason it should have been a wreck there. No. It's a good thing mm-hmm. I live off the road, but it sucked. All these like emergency people showed up and stuff, and I thought, well, they want to talk to the homeowner. I mean, nobody want to talk to me. The police didn't want to talk. To them. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm the dude who lives here. It is my yard. It is my mailbox. I think you want some kind of statement from me, don't you? <laughs> they didn't care. They nobody cared. Make everyone be. It was just weird. My house became this hangout. My yard did like 
was like ambulance and stuff. It wasn't needed. No. <laughs> Bunch of police, you know, like out there where I am, like nothing happens. Mm-hmm. So when something happens, everybody's on the way. Yeah, all there. those people yeah. that that are like volunteer this or volunteer yeah. that or or the, or the or the paid deal too. They just like, oh hell, something's going on. I bet you had on. a few teen. Yeah. 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 I, I bet you had a few teenagers from Burns show up. Maybe even that because they do that stuff too. The kids are way better than you were. They don't go to their damn teacher's house and harass them and shit like you did. <laughs> <laughs> we did that out of love. I told you about that. Man, you might edit out shit about my work, but I got to tell this. I worked with a guy. Yeah, yeah. He was working there back when we were young turd heads. Like, it was like his first year. My his last first year, year was... as a My last year as a kid was his first year. But he, yeah. he remembers Jordan and Chris from SFTM yeah. members them because they picked on him so, but they did it because they liked him so he was new it was his first year his yeah. first year but they would go to his house and block his driveway with shit and do stuff like that. we made a golf course in his, <laughs> his mom's it. yard I think uh, he's told me about that yeah he yeah. told me y'all made a golf course <laughs> in the yard why did you make a golf you course just, nobody's ever he, elaborated we, uh, on details uh, we had just all kinds of weird, like, I mean, we, we collected, like, road cones, and, like, we were near the golf course. It was a Challenger 3, so we ran out and, and, like, took some of their flags, I think, maybe. It's very hard to remember. We took some stuff from that golf course and just set up this little makeshift little thing and, like, left out. I think we might have left out a putter and, like, a, a ball, and, like, that's what it was supposed to be. And we was just, like... You know, high all the time, running around, just causing wreaking havoc. And he was one we like to wreak havoc on because he knew it was us. He didn't have to guess who did it, and we, he'd laugh. And it was like us. We, the teachers we knew we could joke around with and pick on. They they got it. I mean, we didn't go put golf courses in their yard. Or let anything. me let me rephrase this because I, I, when I was in ninth grade and stuff, I wasn't high. I didn't start smoking weed until I was eighteen. But because that was after after high school and. We was bored in Shelby, and that was one of our the dudes we loved to leave our stamp on, and you know that's what we do. And uh, he knew it was us, and he, I knew we knew he got a laugh out of it, and he probably shook his head and probably cussed us a little bit. <laughs> but during during our actual high school years, we would yeah do everything we could to kind of annoy him but we did it because we liked him and like he would laugh he would laugh he would smile and laugh even though he would just shake his head and like didn't know what to do with us but i mean one time we went around just like he had acoustic guitar and i had probably some like a tambourine and we just went around class to class singing to everybody and like <laughs> we were kids things yeah. could be lax at school in oh yeah, ways, yeah, yeah especially if you, they trusted you and these days probably didn't go to class for a whole semester. Yeah, mom substituted a lot when I was in twelfth grade, so mm-hmm. I didn't stay in my class when I had her. <laughs> I was like, Mom, I'll be back in a little bit. She didn't care. <laughs> and, and well, I probably I probably was a little bit more sneakier, but I used to use uh drama as an excuse to get out of class. Like, especially when it was close to playtime. Yeah. I just tell my teacher like mm-hmm. it's like are we are we doing anything important today? Or is we taking a test today? Well, Miss Wells needs me at the auditorium to like work on some yeah. sets. If that's okay, and, and I that's that. what I do. I mean, I would really go over there, but I basically go out there. And hang I out. had like keyboard in twelfth grade, and I was already working at the Shelby Star. I could already type, so my teacher was like, "Let me go to the band room and play drums mm-hmm. for like the last hour and a half." So that's how I got a little bit better at drums a lot quicker. They did a lot of music in school, and yeah, I didn't. We that got is true, but it was a beginning band class. We we spent thirty minutes learning something, and then Mr. Plaller, our 
instructor, but okay, well, y'all can go. Do yeah, they deemed me so talentless, they didn't let me get anywhere near any of that. So <laughs> Chris would have his bass there, and like we'd go into the room and and jam while the other one kids kind of learned something. You know, most of them were just taking it as an extra elective, like I was. Yeah, I could have left early, but I wanted to stay because I could play with Chris. So that was one thing, and I took piano too when I didn't have to, and that was a pretty good course. I just wish I'd remember a lot more. I've talked to people that have had, like, you know, they, they could play guitar in school. Yeah. I'm like, man, I really wish my school would have done that. We had band, and I was in band for about a year and a half. I played trombone. I didn't want to play trombone. I wanted to play saxophone. That's or, what I think Chris might have played that, too, maybe. Or maybe trumpet. Or, but I I'm ended up with sure. trombone because he just didn't have enough trombone players. And yeah. he's like, oh, you look like you'd be a good trombone player. You got long arms and big fleshy lips. No, I don't think I've got big fleshy lips or anything, but whatever. That's what he said at the time. <laughs> and, and I've told somebody, because i told somebody the story before, and they're like, you don't have big fleshy lips. It's like, maybe I grew into my lips. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but anyway, um, that was his excuse. He's like, oh, we, we just need some trombone players. I got a tech in Dallas. He's from Haiti, and he plays trombone. I was like, well, i gotta, I got to introduce you to a little bit of ska music. You yeah. know, I'm not a big ska guy. Ska guy. My uh, wife is, but... I think you would appreciate it. I think you'd like those horns together. And he's like, oh, yeah, I would like trombone and trumpet together. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, you got to listen to some ska music, man. I remember when I when I started band, the reason I wanted to play saxophone was because, like, oh, I can be in a band playing saxophone. Yeah. You know, because, like, bands like Huey Lewis and, and I News knew, had yeah. saxophone players. But I didn't think when I, when I was trombone, like, no band has a trombone player. Yeah. But that was before I was aware of ska. Yeah, <laughs> you know? and I knew a few... <laughs> We There was a, a few guys ahead of me in grade, more like, I think, Jonathan's grade, and they played, like, brass instruments because they listened to a lot of Scott music, too. Mm. They could play guitar and bass, but they also played, like, either uh, trombone and trumpet and stuff like that because they were getting into no effects, too. No effects would have a little bit of trumpet on it, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So you I ever hear using my full first name? Do what? You ever hear using my full first name? Maybe. Because only good-looking women are allowed to do that. Say Jonathan? Yeah. What am I supposed to call you? Just John? Call me... I don't know. (laughs) Well, you use my full name. You don't call me... If you called me Jordy or anything like that, I'd be hitting you. Call you what? Jordy. I can't stand that. Jordy. Yeah. Only my mom is allowed to do it. Ain't there a band called Jordy? I don't know. Oh, that's what... uh, Second singer for ACDC... That was his band. Wasn't that his band? Well, maybe I'll go by Jordy. No, it was somebody's <laughs> no, band. Somebody had a, there was a metal band called Jordy, I swear to okay, God. Maybe. With a G. Yeah, yeah it sounds be. familiar. I'm trying to think of... It seems like it might be ACDC related. Yeah, it's... Uh, like, like before ACDC, that was the band. That's um, their second singer. Why well, I can't remember his name. Brian Johnson. Yeah, Brian. It's his, it was his yeah. band, I think. Jordy with a G? Yeah, G-E-O-R-D-I-E. Oh, they're all coming out. To play now, <laughs> little kitties. These things are tiny, man. I keep tripping out about yeah, it. It's I'll just like be, be careful when we stand up. That's man. what we were saying earlier. Definitely, my foot will cover one of these. So, yeah, Brian Johnson for Jordy the band. That's, Damn, I, I I was sure I was wrong about that after I spit it out. Man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, and when you said it, I'm like, that sounds familiar. I almost thought it was the singer that replaced Udo and uh. Except, but his band was like TJ something or another. I'm like, who the hell would name their band TJ something or another? Like TJ Laser, something like that. Like, that's it's from like, Robocop. 
I think. TJ Laser. I think that's the the the. the that's like the cop show. Yeah, yeah where the dude's so, the like smoking show. guys Wild West style. I might be wrong, but that's just what it sounds like. Yeah, I think, I think it might it, be yeah, but TJ it's just TJ something. I'm like. God, yeah, he's talking about my son likes TJ Laser, and like, yeah, he's talking about flipping his gun. I'm and good at coming up with bad band names. I can't go that far into that round. It might have been a reference to that. <laughs> he's, the, he's the most vocal one, so I can get him to speak on the microphone. That's Johnny Paycheck. Yeah, he's the bubble up, the bubble up, bubble up, bubble up, bubble up, bubble up. I Johnny Paycheck to speak because he is the loudest of Johnny. All of them. <laughs> yeah, they all got country music names. Mr. Pacher. And, and oh, one of okay. them over there, what, Loretta Lynn. Now, the, little, little, the little black one, his, her name mm. was uh, Conway. Oh, but Conway. I think I realized a couple of weeks ago this it's a girl now. So I'm, I'm, Can you tell that Conway? I still kind of call, call, call her Conway, but sometimes I call her Winona. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you may tell the Conway. Yeah, that's a good Conway, Joe. Jonathan probably do it better. There was this like, small, like kind of like, uh, you know, like Western North Carolina, kind of like mountain community, and there's only one church there. And they got a new preacher, and like most of the community went to this church, and uh, the dude just happened to look a lot like Conway Twitty, right? So like his first thing is being the new pastor there is he goes around like introducing himself to people that haven't met him yet. Like like the congregation knows who he is, so they had to vote him in, right? But they said, oh, you know, here we have these people, and they sometimes they come to church, sometimes they don't, you know, and here's a list of some people we'd like to reach out to or whatever. So he starts going door to door on some of these people, you know, and he, you know, goes to, you know, a couple of the places he goes to, people are like, oh, my God, it's Conway Twitty. And he's just mm-hmm. like, no, I'm, no, I'm the new preacher in town, you know, and, like, this happens a couple of times, but, you know, it's out of a lot of people, so it's not that big a deal, but... Mm-hmm. You know, the more people he goes to, the more it does happen, though. And eventually he goes to a house, and the door is answered by a woman just got out of the shower in a towel. And she goes, oh, my God, it's Conway Twitty. And he goes, hello, darling. (laughs) (laughs) I remember Dad telling us that one, I think, or... Yeah. And that might have came from him. Yeah. That's a good one. Dad knew a lot of good ones. <laughs> man, when you was talking about all these cats' names and, and all this classic country, man, I was having memories of, like, um, and this is something I saw regularly in person. Even as an adult, I saw, like, some of my friends had these handed down to them through family, but, like, these concert photos, like, mm-hmm. like it was a thing. Like, people would go to a concert. Like, my, my grandma had Kenny Rogers. And, like, take a picture of them. Psh, the actual show, you know, a film picture, yeah. you don't know what you got. But, like, once you get it developed, it happens to be really good. So you'd frame, like, people would frame those regularly, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, people still do that kind of thing. But it just, I remember seeing those a lot. They'd be in, like, really, like, fancy frames and stuff. And then some, like, friends I had and roommates and stuff, they would have them. I'd say, where'd that come from? Oh, my grandma saw. And I said, CJ had Johnny Paycheck one. Dang. That was huge. It was big. Oh, wow, and it yeah. was good. And it was a concert photo taken. You know, by his, like, you know, one of his family members that <laughs> gave it to him. It was awesome. But, I, I mean, I dig that. Uh, Williams might have some stuff like that, too. Oh, I bet, yeah. But that that was, uh, that man, that's, I just kept seeing them, them images when you was talking about all these cats' names. Because that's, <laughs> the, that's the, the, those people were the ones in the pictures yeah. that I remember.
cut all the fart noises from this chair out of my podcast. No. <laughs> Every now and then I, I move and it's like. <laughs> as good as technology is, you can probably like develop a filter to recognize that chair and totally eliminate. Well, probably it. so. I, I, I'm still working with Audacity, but I need to use something else because then I can like I could use uh, equalization to get rid of some stuff and. Maybe uh, you should switch to Reaper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, got, I've got it downloaded. I just never really. And you got to put a delay on my voice. I want some phaser on my voice. Phaser. <laughs> I want to sound like a yeah, a robotic robot Nickerson. I don't know. I'm just joking. Yeah, that, that all that. Uh, See, I, I can I can do equalization, but I can't do it like with me and Dwayne. We're working on some music. He's using Cubase, and like he can just I did you loop a loop part of it, and then use equalization to get rid of whatever noise you wanted to get rid of. And see, I've, on all that, you've got to like do equalization and then preview, and then do something in preview, and you can't just like switch your reaper, man. I'm telling you, yeah, yeah, I need to thank yourself. Because there's times when I've got like a fan in the background, I just yeah. use regular noise reduction to try to get rid of it. But equalization would get it out of there a lot easier than than that. I tell you something too, like there's all these like videos online, or like use the stock plugins from your thing, but just take your time and use them, mm-hmm. like get good at them and all, you know, from your, your like. I don't disagree with that advice, but there's been a couple plugins I invested in as like, okay, thank you very much. Like mm-hmm. ones that model the like the ones some of the newer ones that model actual physical gear. Yeah. Yeah. Like that kind of thing has gotten really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like like the ones that model like the eleven seventy six compressors and LA two A's and stuff. Mm-hmm. Just go ahead and get that. And the um EQ that models the Pultec EQs. Go ahead and get that. That'd yeah, be my advice. He showed me that. That's pretty. Man, cool. I've I've had to I've had to like I had to take some steps back. Like I was making a lot of music, but later find out my mix were lackluster. Like all my mixes were like missing something, or whatever. In the end, the big ingredient that I needed was better monitoring. Mm-hmm. Like like even if I had good speakers and stuff, my room was crappy or whatever. But I finally got my monitoring correct so now what i'm really what i'm hearing while i'm mixing is what it really sounds like you know no surprises when you go to the car or you know or nobody calling you after the fact well why'd you decide to make the drums so dark or something you know what i mean yeah. or, like it it works out but but my other piece of advice is like some yeah some of those newer plugins that model that equipment i was talking about that stuff is the best stuff to use mm-hmm. um especially like like I was saying, I don't disagree with that notion that you can do a lot with stock EQs on the dolls, the, yeah. the computer programs, but a lot of the EQs are ones that you see like the EQ curve as you manipulate it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I would say don't eyes. use those because, yeah, yeah, you'll start mixing don't with your, your eyeballs. Eyes. And, and that's that's been a sin of mine forever. Mm-hmm. When I started using the the one that modeled the pull tech thing, you just got knobs and you can't see what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So you only Forced hear and you hear better because you can't see what you're doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love it, man. Because, yes, because everything we're doing right now is even just the bare bones. What we got recorded sounded phenomenal. So <laughs> when we're done tracking it all and actually going to post-production, I'm just dying to hear what it's going to be. Well, good monitoring has yeah, made it. I've seen it. I've seen and, it. And then also some of the plugins the I'm talking about is like making a huge difference. And That's one thing I'm ready to do is record again. And uh, we'll probably be doing it soon. We've been practicing the past couple of weeks. Took a few months off. <laughs> we tried to get started one time and then just didn't happen. Just, you know, internal things going on that we're just trying to take care mm-hmm. of and 
Uh, looks like everything's kind of back on track now. So we'll probably be booking shows again soon and playing again. I, I miss it. I miss it a lot. But I'm kind of glad since we took our break, we took our break during the summer. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't have to go out and play in them hot-ass clubs like I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Especially the Milestone. Love the place. Love it. Absolutely love it. When we played there last July, man, it was bad. It was bad <laughs> hot. What about us doing like, if we could do, maybe we could contribute a song, y'all contribute a song. We could do maybe like an online split or something, if that's even a thing. There's no purpose in all. I know, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. there really ain't. You could just make a fake you album. You do a record, there's a purpose. Well, well I mean, that's, that's the next thing I want to do, though. I want to put out a record, so well, yeah. we might have to do a 7-inch and do a split with somebody maybe we could to do, do it together the first yeah. time. That'd be cool. Um, so we might want to consider doing that. Man, I think y'all could find a label to do yeah, pretty yeah. easy, too. Van Huskin should be able to. <laughs> yeah, we don't. We don't. Yeah. We, we we can't get fifteen people out to our shows. How are we going to sell uh, two hundred records? Yeah, or 300 records? I, I see some of these label guys interested in bands that don't even play. So, I mean, what difference does that make? Of course, like if we had a record, you get to right like play people start to playing you know, out of town a little bit. Support you, you will get. Somebody, we might we yeah. might start getting more people to come out to our shows. That's I, that's one thing I say. I like we need to get out of town a little bit more often. I love playing Charlotte. Man, we got to go to Chapel Hill. We got to go to Winston Salem. Yeah. We got to go to Asheville. We got to go to Columbia. We we can do all those places and drive back the same night if we want to. I, I oh, yeah, that's Dead King's thing. Yeah, yeah. And, the show uh, comes straight back. Yeah, yeah. But we we need to start do that doing that. Big Stardust. And yeah, <laughs> and we need to get a little bit more prolific with like actually putting music out. Yeah, we did that. In y'all pretty tires. good. Though. I'm y'all used to that. Quick. Drive yeah. and drive back. But yeah. We, we've since the pandemic though, we've written like eight songs. And at first, I was like, oh man, we wrote eight songs pretty quick, but. Now we've still written like eight songs, and part of the reason is because we haven't recorded them yet. Yeah, and we don't even have the lyrics to them yet. But I'm ready to start working on new stuff. I'm ready to get those recorded, put them out however we have to, and start working on new stuff. That's like and then, us, I, then I want to put know. out a, a full length record at some point. We'll play songs live way before we record them, and like, yeah. So we'll we'll be sitting on songs for a while, but. We got some good stuff coming up. Yeah, we've somebody been asked. For a while. We're not even like we we're only playing two of them. That's the two that we've already yeah. recorded and released. Yeah, so somebody, we've got a bunch of other ones. I'm like, we just need some lyrics to these. Of course, did I write any lyrics to them? No. <laughs> like Eric, we need some lyrics to these so we can start playing them live and then get them recorded. I can't remember who it was. Somebody asked me like, you probably got a lot of songs like backed up, right? And I was like, actually, no, I don't have that many. I, and I said, well, I, you know, the ones that weren't intended for War Boys didn't fit done a lot of those already the mm. ones that you know i got some on deck for war boys yeah but like i said as far as like trying to do songs up. i probably haven't written written a new song in like a year maybe or more like well and that's the thing which like, is a long time for me you know erica actually has written a bunch of songs and a bunch of songs in addition to what van huskins has done but he's kind of holding on to some of them for a potential solo project and at one point, me and Eric were talking about just taking that and making it our current project. Not necessarily saying Van Huskins was ever put to bed or anything, but just until things got back on track. Um, but I don't think we're, we're going to have to do that. But we might still do that in addition to when we could all find a little bit more time to do it. Yeah. Because Eric does want to do something with those songs, even if it's just recording them. Um, but, you know, I'll probably help him with that. And then, I, you know, I want to play some shows with you yeah. too. Me and John has done prehistoric John songs way before, you know, War Boys was a thing, and he'll continue to do that. I know, and I want to help him with that too, more, more or less, if I can. I know he can handle doing drums on his own now since he's been learning a yeah. lot. And 
that's another thing that I was going to learn during the pandemic. It just never happened. Yeah. I got the drum set. I'm but I didn't get the heads. I'm definitely I didn't get willing the to help or teach anybody. You, you just asked me. You know? And uh, so I still think I need to just get an electronic kit and just set it up. And, You're right. Yeah. And learn yeah. that way. And then, then eventually put my kit together because that, that's one thing me and Eric talked about was maybe I would kind of, because he won't suck like real primitive drums, nothing real fancy. And maybe I could get good enough to play, at least play drums on you that could. stuff. Yeah. You get that easy drummer and learn how to do that? Yeah. But he doesn't want, like, he would want a real drum set live. He wouldn't want to. No, of course. You know, yeah. I would never play. Yeah, I would never play. I wouldn't want either. Yeah. But, but to learn all that, Ben keeps like, man, he keeps telling me, man, don't, don't do that. Just learn on a regular kit. Don't learn on an electronic yeah. kit. I'm like, I, but just, this I don't is, it matters because hey. you got to hit that real one. Yeah, you, gotta, you can yeah. get by with just like barely touching all. You have to your technique. You could, you could translate it pretty easily. Uh, let you me know, tell once you, you this. got the feel. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, I've been learning electronic kit because of the noise thing well, that's, that's in the space thing in my house. But but, yeah. but I've been hitting them. I put headphones on when and you I hit them like I pretend they're real drums because otherwise I'm going to get behind real drums eventually. It's going to sound like. Yeah, well, it's like, like a well, pencil well, on a piece of paper. You're forced to use good technique when you play on an electronic kit because the pads are only like six inches compared to a snare drum could be 13, 14 inches. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Tom, 12, 13 usually, you know, you're playing a 14, 16 floor. So you got these pads are just like six inches. Smaller. And so <laughs> you have to use small. good technique or you're just not going to hit them consistent and yeah you know so have these big could, goofy rims too yes, if, you could, if you could play an electronic kit going to an acoustic it's going to be a lot easier for you it's a lot harder for me to go from acoustic to playing electronic all the time yeah, yeah, I can however that. i don't miss setting up all my shit and microphones and checking <laughs> everything we could just jump in and I could start playing and giving away all. I don't secrets. care. <laughs> People know I don't have the stamina to play, so I'm going to find a way to get around. At least make I'm going to continue to make music. Well, I think like I electronic can. kit, you can you can get the sound like an acoustic kit these of days. Of course, and that's what we're and, doing. And Eric Eric was always like because we talked about recording one time, and Ben was just going to use an electronic kit because we were going to record over James's house, and that was. And Eric said, oh, "I don't want you to record with a, a, an electronic kit." It's like it can sound just like an acoustic kit, really. Yeah, I'm not a little <laughs> can at this point. Yeah. But the thing about Jordan and what's going on with him, in a way, like this happened to like, all right, mm-hmm. this way of recording, this like stamina defeat thing as I call it. Like, you know, you don't have the stamina to do a whole song or a bunch of takes, you know, all day long, so you record it in parts, right? Record mm-hmm. the verse, the chorus or whatever. The thing about this though is like because his body's not cooperating with drumming as much, his brain is more activated about it. Mm-hmm. So he's like, it's weird. It's a weird, like, I guess you call it a juxtaposition. It's like, you know, his body can't do what it used to do, but now his brain can do so much more. Like, yeah, he's, well, he's like much more creative thinking about, about the what he starts and stuff. Yeah. He used to have a lot of go-to stuff, and we relied on him and rushed him even. Like, come on, get this right, motherfucker. We're trying to write this song and all this. You know, like, all the pressure's on the drummer a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, they're always expected to not mess up. And get it and, done and get it so and they then, can yeah, get when moved you, like, on. Yeah. If you're recording in a, in a real nice studio, you know, and you got the money for that or whatever, you know, the whole band plays and things are a little more, like, organic for the drummer. And then, too, so a lot of times there's the ability to overdub or something. Mm. You know, fix a part. It's a lot easier in that kind of context. But, like, in the DIY context and the home recording type context, even with really good equipment, a lot of times the drummers relied on to lay something down 
and be perfect. Like mm-hmm. it's, yeah, and yeah. you got to do it. Like you, from the start of the song to the end, it's got to be good. You well, can't like mess we, up. We record live, so we just always figure that as long as Ben gets it, we can fix anything else. So yeah, that's, it's, it's like when Ben nails it, it's like that's it. And sometimes Ben will go, "Oh, we're gonna play it better." No, you can't. <laughs> you to, I've gotten that you before. Play it better. He doesn't have to worry about that now. Now because it's easy to punch in because of the technology we got at home. He can yeah. just keep thinking about his parts, and he can record a part. Can, and I'm like, man, this don't sound right. There's something like not going. Yeah. And like, I know it sounded right when we played back when we were playing this. But I have more time right to now. think what about what I want to play it, you know? and produce it more. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, make and it, it and work better for the song. Yeah, it's not taking a long time either. It's just, but it's more thought than we would put into it. Where it was like, all right, we write a song. You've only played this one way. Yeah, kind of like he's really been done a disservice a lot. Like in bands that we've been in together, maybe other ones, because just cause of that, just the thing that happens to all drummers, you know, like at a similar level to us of playing. I would you say know. my my, you know, it's a lot know. of pressure. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I realize it's, more too playing drums. It's like, man, you know, I can play a song, I can get all the way through, but it's not going to be like like what I would want on a record. You know what I mean? Like I have to work a lot. I have to punch in and stuff. You know. When well, I play drums on a recording, well, one thing we did with this last recording, instead of like going back and, and fixing certain things, like there were certain things that just weren't exactly right with the drums, we just co- copied and pasted. Did a lot of that. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. oh, we'll take this and move it over here. We'll move that little beat here and just and just move things around. Studio Man, magic. if I think if I was some normal drummer, I would already quit because most of the most of the drums I ran through, they just they're in it to party. They're in it to get girls. They're in it to do all those stereotypes you see on Facebook, you know. You still did all that stuff. I, well, yeah, <laughs> but I also took I also took what I did very seriously. Anything I did, I didn't just do my drums and peace out. I stayed throughout the whole recording process most of the time. And, you know, post-production stuff, I always cared about what I did. Mm-hmm. And I still do. So that's and 100% I do it. Because I know it puts a smile on other people's faces. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there, there are a lot of bands that do that, where the drummer will record their part, and it's, all right, I'm gone. Yeah. Bass player records their part, I'm gone. But I think, like, bands like us, that we're, we're kind of like family, you know? Like you said, you're small with brothers or yeah, brothers. definitely. Ben and Eric are like brothers to me. We're going to stick around. We're all going to stick around until it's all done. Like, me and Ben might run down the store while Eric starts doing his guitar up for does. We're coming right back, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and we're going to stick around until it's all done, and then we're all going to be involved, involved through, through throughout involved. the entire process. We care about what the guitars sound like. Yeah. We care about what their performances we'll sound see, like. You know, on the way up here, I was playing in my new song, my new solo song, and mm-hmm. uh, singing to it because I, I, the vocals are all I have left. And the reason I want him to like, I could do that alone. You know what I mean? But I'm a bad compass for how i'm doing mm-hmm, yeah i could say oh my god i'm so off key there and i'm not i just don't like the sound of my voice yeah, yeah. or something you, like i think it helps when your bandmates stick around and well, keep yeah. you from embarrassing uh, yourself well, times, like, well, tell you when you're on and when you're not on and you, you need that well there's been times when we've been listening back to a song I'm like man i might want to re-record that bass line and they're like that sounds good and i go back and listen to them like I guess you're right. I just was expecting to hear it differently. <laughs> and it's like, you know, that a lot of times, like you say, that your bandmates will help help keep you from, from overthinking yourself or being too highly critical of yourself. Yeah. And sometimes it's like they, they help you not be too uh, neurotic about it, yeah, too. Yeah. Like, if, 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 like, anything you say is going to be, like, judged by your peers, you'll, you'll think a little bit more about what you say before you say it. Like, uh, for instance, there was a bass run 
that Brandon did on a recording we're working on for War Boys, and uh, at the time I was kind of like, man, kind of loose. Could probably be tightened up. And then I was like, let me see if anybody else says or says, you know, nobody did. So I didn't address it. And now, like what that thing is, it's not loose. You know what I mean? It had, mm-hmm. but, it, but it's sitting in a certain pocket. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like. And I'm real sensitive to these things now about whether certain things are a little bit ahead of the music or behind or yeah, sitting here and can, there. You can definitely. And I try to aim for them spots, like especially on solos now. Sweet, I play the lead. Sweet, the sweetness, yeah. I tend to rush and be a little bit ahead of the beat on solo, on guitar solos, but they sound really good if you can sit back and be just a just the milliseconds behind, mm-hmm. which is hard to do, really, really hard to do. Yeah, yeah. But if you can do that, it sounds good. It sounds like a way like horn players play or something. Mm-hmm. Oh God, yeah. It, it, I'm really sensitive to that stuff now, and I can notice it too because I do my own recording for my solo thing. Yeah. I, I've like figured out a lot of my quirks and things I like and don't like. But I like that thing of working with a team better. I always will. Yeah. And like they, they just keep you from being too mental about it and getting neurotic and you know. And I've known my brothers playing, and I've gotten to where I've known Brian's playing very, you know, uh, intimately. So I know. What he's capable of, and when he's tracking, he might get on my—I might get on his nerves a little bit, but I'm always pushing him, mm. you know, because I know what I know what I know what he can pop out, and if it's not quite there, I'll be like, "You going to do it again?" <laughs> we argue through all the drum stuff, yeah, don't we? Yeah, we do. Because it's it's like I don't know. He yeah, knows the programs, we... and I know the the performance, and, and yeah, we we try. You don't to know the performance like... as well as me sometimes. No. So you get to think about what you're actually doing, and you're like, well, uh, you know, like changes. And well, I'll be honest. You, you listen to, to way more music than I do. I know you do. <laughs> I don't spend a lot of time listening to music. I do listen to music, but not a whole lot of time. I have to have a lot of silence sometimes especially <laughs> doing dialysis now I just oh, yeah, noise yeah. noise 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 I like some silence now well, that's, that's me sometimes like I don't I don't really turn the TV on a whole lot but I do listen to a lot of records okay. but there, there are plenty of nights when I just come in here and I don't even put a record on I just sit in here in silence and it's I think as a, as a creative sometimes you need that you need that silence just to I'm a bit just kind of turn everything off but turn also just to kind of yeah, a little bit it refreshes you a little bit, and it also kind of gets your gears turning a little bit yeah. more sometimes to not have that music in the background. Or but my definitely, background. my brother does help me with the creative process too. He'll be like, "Do the, try this and do this," you know, and I'll be, like, "Yeah, that does work." So I will use it. I'm not above that. I won't budge when I get real serious about something. Yeah, if he has something in his head, he'll try to make me play it. And I'll, a, I'll do it because I do it to others myself. Eric's the same way, especially with Ben. Like, if he, he wants something a certain way, Ben can tell him 10 different ways. I want to try it this I way. I want to try this way. But Eric's like, I'll, yeah. no, try, do this, do this. And, and, you know, not that we don't take Ben's input because we do, but sometimes, like, if Eric knows what he wants, that's the way it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And right now, we've got one song that we're working on that. We're still trying to figure out how to do a couple of the transitions, but Ben's like pretty insistent that there needs to be a pause in one of them. That me and Eric are like, no, there doesn't need to be. So I don't know what's going to end up happening with that, but it's just it's a work in progress kind of thing. Ben keeps saying, well, maybe we can try it on one time and not the other time, or do it like twice as long one time. I'm like, no, no, we don't think it needs to be there at all. <laughs> so <laughs> well, we'll see what that ends up happening. But usually Eric's going to win when it comes to him and Ben. Now, when it comes to me and Eric, Eh, you know, we don't really argue a whole no, lot about we what we're putting together. Then we're, we're going to re-record uh, 
do it now and we was kind of i think we was arguing over how many measures we was trying to do it and it's like yeah we can get we can get on each other's nerves but it gets done and it yeah we're we're always happy yeah we've been doing like a tempo i guess what they call like a tempo map before we record Uh because we have this need to punch in with drums you know what i mean if you don't have to punch in if the drummer's gonna like do that thing we said and like just make a good take from start to finish you don't need that. You know what I mean? You just play to his count off and his drums. Every so it's like time a metronome or just yeah, it's, yeah, it's a like a metronome. Yeah, like and like I I put markers mm-hmm. in the session, like for each section of the song, like the intro, the chorus, the verse, the this and that, and yeah. Sometimes the names get funky. What do you call this kind of part? Oh, I don't know. Just call it shit part three or something. You know, <laughs> like you don't know. You know what I mean? But yeah, we make like tempo maps now. And uh, so that allows us to, to punch in with drums. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've never done Man, something so professional. I've in talked my life. to people before too, mm-hmm. and 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 like mentioned drum overdubs, and they're like, "Huh?" Yeah. Uh, ben, Ben's, Ben's, Ben's like that. Drum overdubs. Yeah, they're common as <laughs> yeah, hell. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you'd never know. But they're common, and we we've been doing those a little more too. You know, sometimes you got these like parts, like we're like, you know, the drums is in terms of like, you know. A beat drops out, and then something's going on with the music, and the drums do like more like kind of like uh, classical music type. You're like, you know, yeah, big, yeah. big tom, big, you know, kind of or whatever. Yeah, on, like yeah. if like in those parts, Chimpanese. like the toms aren't quite like as like as you need them. Yeah, just do them again. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, you <laughs> put a lot of reverb them. on them, like Phil Spector. <laughs> yeah, you can do wet, dry stuff. Uh, you know, uh, drum overdubs are cool. Man, Barry I Hannibal Ben just doesn't seem to think it would work. And I'm like, no, nah, man, it worked. But like you said, you kind of have to have that metronome or a, or a tempo map or whatever you, whatever you want to call that. That uh, Snoopy Christmas record mm-hmm. that Anna scene did has like a marching drum snare in it, yeah. right? All right. So it probably would have sounded just great if Barry just played it one time, right? Mm-hmm. But he played it on like three different snares. Was, he found yeah, three brilliant. different snares yeah. that were that he had that were different. Yeah, and tuned them to be complementary to each other, that and did it, been, yeah. overdubbed it, and it just it sounds like one really good in person yeah. snare drum. You know, it's really good. <laughs> like yeah, it's somebody, common to if, do. Drum, I mean, if I was doing sometimes I not the underground same thing, music, but you know, I it's done the same thing. But I drum. A lot of your favorite drums. records have drum overdubs oh, when yeah. you realize yeah. they're not. I guess that's what the thing is. If you do it good, you're not going to realize. Beatles all figure, over the place. You know, any, any band that spends you know a month, two months in the studio getting this perfect sounding record, of course, they're probably doing overdubs yeah. on all their instruments. Yeah. I try to keep overdubs to a minimum, which is different. Some of my earlier work that you might hear from like early 2000s, you know, up to like Maybe 2010, I have probably more. Mm-hmm. But at one point, I realized the more you stack stuff up, the weirder it gets and whatever. And my, some of my gear changed, too, and didn't work the same. And uh, I try to do as least amount of tracks as possible because you get the most clarity. Mm-hmm. But there's all there's always need to overdub something. Yeah, you know, yeah whatever, that's like, like double up on something. Like if, I, if I totally 
ruin a, a, a bass track. I'm, I'm not going to go with that that drum track. Like, oh, let's try that again. But, you know, if I just got to fix one or two things, that's looks fine. It's like a total bicycle helmet, you know, on his, on his head. That does look like a yeah. helmet. <laughs> <laughs> or like Shredder's helmet. <laughs> the, the top of the... Man, you start top talking... Top of Grayskull. Talking trash on Castle Grayskull. I'm Gray not School. talking. I just... Yeah, like, it looks, like he's right. looks like he's about to go out for a bike ride, for real. Totally. But I love this thing. You know, this came out the year I was born. This is pretty neat. Yeah, that's pretty stupid. You found that in Kings Mountain? Yeah, I got that. I got. I need to come up here and look around. Dude, well, let me know one day. I'll, I'll, I'll go with you. Anything in yard sale if I feel Kingsman. like it, I'll go with you because I used to love doing it with Jeff Williams and I like yard this sales. One too. Like I said, I'm giving that yeah. to one of my friends. That's the Marvel one. She sent me a bunch of oh, shirts and stuff it. to sell, and she's like, "Can I use it for store credit?" I was like, "Yeah." She lives in yeah. Mississippi, but I'm like, "Thor Iron Man." I sent her a picture of that today. I said, "Is this something you like?" Right, vision. Yeah. And then this yeah, one's kind of cool, too, the Dick Tracy. Man, that one's in good shape. I mean, it's got yeah. all the Avengers on this, I think. I've been meaning to watch that movie again. Just like, no, I haven't I seen it, it since it was, like, it. fairly new. Yeah. I watched it in the theater, yes, I, I think. Me and Jordan starred in a Dick Tracy movie down there in <laughs> Disney World or <laughs> some hard. shit one time. That's something behind, but I don't want to see it. It was like one of them deals where they're like, oh, you can see what it's like to be in a movie. And then yeah, they film yeah. you, and then they try to sell you the tape for like $25. Yeah. <laughs> then you don't buy it, but yeah. it was fun anyway. We left some very corny hats there. I'm not going to say what they are. We, we ditched them. Oh yeah, that's yeah. funny. Man, this is hilarious. It's I don't fine. care. It's I'll scary. tell the story. Ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I don't give a damn. You remember a lot better. One time than I we visited with some grandparents one time and they were like, We got something for y'all and thought we'd be real excited about it and it was like new kids on the block hats and we were like in like fourth <laughs> and second grade or something. Yeah. Yeah, it was and we were just like Oh God, no! <laughs> and like, I mean, I was upset at the point where I was like, I was fighting tears. I was like, Oh God, don't cry, yeah. bro! And I was cheering up because he was tearing to, up. We had to pretend to like them and wear them for a certain period of time. But I think, yeah, we like, we like, like lost we them. Say we on purpose yeah, at, we, at Disney World, and we ditched them at the Dick Tracy. I think we we we. we yeah, did, you had to change clothes to be. And in the they Dick made Tracy us movie. store our stuff in like these fake trash cans, and so we would. Got our stuff back. We just left the hats. Yeah. <laughs> so I believe that was his grand idea, and I was always behind my brother. I, I don't know, what, man. Now I'm feeling like we bought that stupid dad tape. What? Yeah, because oh, I feel like I remember it. it too well. <laughs> you bought the tape? I think I didn't buy it. I was oh yeah, nine I mean, years old. I you gotta mean, find it and we we'll digitize it. We're gonna put it on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I meant. Like our, our parents bought it or whatever. Grandparents, yeah, grandparents, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one time at Christmas, my great grandmother she always bought all the kids a, a gift but it's always something kind of wasn't nothing much one year she got it gave us all smurf pillowcases but they were i got a smurfette pillowcase yeah. and it was pink oh. <laughs> I, was, I about cried over that <laughs> like, <laughs> like what am i gonna i can't put this on Probably my wish you had it now, I had this kind of thing happened to me like in I recent I had years then yeah. <laughs> i opened so this christmas present uh, one year at my wife's parents house and i thought that it was the wrong book because it looked very like female centric like the kind of book a, a lady would enjoy mm. reading but I mean it was a female theme book it was called Bad Girls mm. it was about all these famous like outlaw chicks yeah, right? that's cool though. but it was for me and yeah. I, I mean first I was like man I might open it and I had to think about it for a minute and, and I think that they picked up that I was kind of confused I'm like no that's for you you'll like it and I did it's really good man it has like Matahari in it, and uh, you know I forget some of the other ones, but some of them are intense, man. Some yeah. of them are like crazy terrorist ladies and stuff. It's a good ass book, man. It's like one of them good like general information type books, you mm -hmm. know, like short, 
easily digestible read this section before you go to bed. It's just the right amount of reading for you. Yeah. Do. It, I enjoyed the shit out of that book. It was so good. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, I thought I had the wrong gift for a minute. I was like, oh man, they meant to give this to my wife. This is their kind of book. My wife reads all these uh, like um, kind of like Southern crime things. Like her, like man, one of her favorite shows is The Heat of the Night. Mm-hmm. Like the books she read are like that, you know. Um, actually, actually likes those forensic file shows and the detective shows. I think women just love that kind of death. Yeah, murder. for some reason they do. Murder, my mom loves them. Scandal. My ex-wife loves them. My yeah. daughter loves them. It's, like, it's, it's, it's a girl thing. They I like think. the justice aspects. What it is? It, they, like, most yeah, of them, too, I'm sure there's some ladies are like, God, I'm glad that person died. They, they, <laughs> but uh, you know, most of them just like the my, fact that, like, yeah, somebody did something wrong and they got caught. My wife was, coming to was actively trying to. You know, do some Asian. No, no, listen, do some Asia degree, uh, like investigating and stuff. Mm -hmm. She's big into that, and like she really, she likes uh, she likes Dale's Crack Crack House Chronicles. Yeah, I started listening to that last uh, night. But and she, it's pretty good. The first couple episodes before it's like Dale and Donnie, and they're the team. Man, you're gonna be like God, guys, quit arguing. You know, like. They kind of get in arguments and it doesn't really go anywhere. But like once, yeah, man, once uh, the the real team is established, it, it, mm. it's a good show. Yeah. It's really good. But I think it's a female thing for sure. Yeah, I don't know why. It's kind of weird, but not everyone. But yeah, in my experience, yeah. yeah. So I've been subjected to that stuff a lot, and it'll but it'll wear you down. I don't want to hear about death and you know affairs and all this other crap you know all the time you know change the channel <laughs> I experience too much uh, bad stuff in my real life yeah I have to exactly avoid it for entertainment purposes you know all my entertainment has to be like uh, devoid of that man even fictional stuff sometimes I'm like man I can't watch something with like you know this kind of stuff in it right now I can't watch a lot of gore now it just makes my feet tingle Oh. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 I love horror movies, but I still do. Yeah, and, and I don't mind a gory horror movie. Like I love Evil Dead stuff. Yeah, but some yeah. like the Saw stuff. Yeah, that, that, that just goes a little bit too far Saul, for me. I just, yeah. I'll watch them, but I don't really like. I don't. I don't seek those movies it's, out. Yeah, it's just. I mean, I'm the most like picky about movies out of the loop, dude. You'll ever meet. Like, I'm, I'm so picky. Like if I if I happen upon a new movie that I like, it was like, you know. <laughs> it was just like meant to be or something because I ain't going looking and what you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I got like a high bar for movies. They got they got to be real kind of like cerebral in certain ways. It doesn't matter what the the um, topic is or what the plot is. It's got it's just got to it's got to get it's got to be the kind of thing that. Mm. Man, I don't know the name of this movie, but it seemed like the kind of movie I would hate. Mm-hmm. But April's watching it. And I was sitting there, and I kind of got into it, too, because I came along early enough, and I was too tired to move and do anything else. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, But it was like it was like a movie that like a lot of people would probably complain, oh, there wasn't a lot going on there, was there? But it was like what was, what was happening was like it was leaving all this space for your brain to work mm-hmm. and like fill in blanks or think how you would feel. Stick, and it made it a good movie. Like, like it was weird. I, so David Lynch... 
No, <laughs> this I don't. This was really like it, it was definitely a low budget kind of like throwaway type um, movie. But it but it was actually there was something brilliant in it because it just it, you couldn't figure out who was really the good guy or the bad guy in the thing. You couldn't figure out like yeah, what a person was thinking. Like like you that. just kept inserting yourself what you would do or you would think or whatever and. Yeah, it, it kept you on edge in that way, kind of. It's one of those, shh, watch the damn movie kind of thing. Well, you know, I didn't talk. Back and, well, I, I didn't talk there. I despise I talking during movies. That. I despise talking yeah. during music. And I'm bad about doing um, that. It seems like every time I'm doing either, somebody is going to jaw at me. He got I guess me, that's he, the uh, price of having well, children. Well, John got me on the way up here. John got me on the way up here because uh, I'm pretty bad about doing that. Yeah, I was like, listen to me sing this and tell me how I'm doing it. He's like, with it. I the lyrics. Yeah, he starts getting all in. And he messes me up because he's starting to do his own thing to it oh I was right, I, I was singing in harmony with him he was just I think he was getting a little jealous <laughs> no, I told him I've been singing lately I wanted to do like because I, I entertained the idea if I can't play drums I might just try to front a band or something I, I can I, I, stand long enough you know I thought the same thing like if anything yeah. ever happened I couldn't play bass like something happened to my so, hand or whatever I'd, I'd have to like I've sung for the past play. year My even my wife has heard me talk about it maybe doing it but i just don't think i could get a band together so i just want to focus on getting back to drumming because that's what i love to do so yeah yeah you talk about you have a really high bar for movies mine is a really low bar i don't turn on i don't turn on the movies or tv that much at all i've already said that mostly listen to music but if i put on a movie it's going to be something like jackass or beavis and butthead something mindless that i can just yeah, sit there and if, definitely if, if i don't pay attention to it for 15 minutes it don't matter but i can watch five minutes of it and i'll laugh my ass off yeah <laughs> that, i watch what i do these days it's like I, whatever the dumbest thing is that i can find to watch that's what i'm gonna watch i did watch that beavis and butt here because i saw people saying it was good and i was like well you know if anything else it'll have a little nostalgia factor back when anything would make me laugh yeah and like if if i had to write a review on it or i'd be like oh you know it's it's this beavis and butthead you know it's beavis and butthead but, but I laughed my ass off I laughed my I did ass laugh off too because yeah. <laughs> it's just like in real right life on. especially these days it's like it's easy to observe some dumb asses and Ooh. just be sad about it like god it's can't because like the cost of being dumb is great <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but in that show there's like a consequence free stupidity yeah. it's just like god i can't believe how damn dumb you could be if you just and it's, plus it's exaggerated you know what I mean? yeah, nobody's yeah. as dumb nobody could be as dumb as they are you know you meet some characters that are pushing the envelope there sometimes but <laughs> nobody's as dumb as those guys you know so yeah it, it, it has it has entertainment value man the one thing i thought about the movie and i don't give a damn if i'm spoiling it for anybody but when the aliens come and they're like the future them they yeah, were kind of yeah, like right. aliens come and told them you got this important thing to do and they blow them off yeah. that should have been the end of it yeah. i think it would have been hilarious if they never brought those future beavis and bud alien characters well, i don't back. know man like that was totally gone after that. the whole payoff at the very end was was just was hilarious anybody could have yeah <laughs> and this will be spoiling it too, i agree but, with you but on whenever that, like man. at the end it's like it's the first beavis to score and then she immediately left and we haven't heard from her since <laughs> well my my opinion I, after 20 minutes so i turned on my phone and we got on ebay so i i love do america all day long but that new one Hell no. <laughs> well, see, to me, that's the thing. I didn't I didn't take it any more serious than I'm going to watch this one time and never think about it again. So it was okay for me. And it was a break for me because, like I say, listen to the kind of movies I like. I have to pay really close attention to these movies, you know, and really get into them and stuff. With that one, I could just sit back and drink I, beers and laugh. I you think know? I had really low expectations because they brought Beavis and Butthead back probably about 
10 years ago and it just wasn't that good like the first episode was funny and then the rest of it just wasn't that funny part of it was they I don't think that I don't know if, yeah I guess they were cracking on videos and stuff but I don't know it just didn't have the same magic I don't know if Mike Judge wasn't that involved in it or what it was so I had a really low expectation going into that movie and then I guess Mike Judge just this was his movie and it just had some it was dry in some places like it, it kind of felt like it dragged a couple of times but once like anytime we get back to the jokes it was just so funny and some of it was just because you you, you know those characters and yeah that's, they did this stuff all the time but like them doing the guiding that rocket into the thing over and over and over again and then they did it all night long you know that that was funny to me it was stupid but it was extremely funny but all the, jo- that, all the jokes that really landed landed hard and, and like for three day, three or four days later I was I would think about a joke and I'd just start laughing <laughs> like, I think it tapped into like the, I think the real nostalgia behind that is that like there was like for a lot of us like be, like being older now like the like humor has to be really intelligent to make us laugh. You know what I mean? Or it has to be like true. situational in a way that you could see it happening in real life and being like a real life type thing you would find funny. But with that, it just like it brings you back to a time where like you were just kind of green with humor and you're just like, oh, you said butt much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just like, like that's what it does. That's Great what it did for me. Well, see, I was a little bit older when Beavis, Beavis and Butthead came on, so I, I was already into some more sophisticated stuff too. Yeah. But still, like Beavis mm-hmm. and Butthead, just like Jackass, it appeals to a certain part of me that will never grow up. It's yeah, just, yeah, you know. Yeah. And also, you have to appreciate that at the time, it really flew in the face of all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? It's like it's an animated show, but it's like talking nasty and like, you know what I mean? Like, it definitely pioneered some everything good words, you know, good phrases. <laughs> and definitely started like a culture of just like, because even my son it made us will do the great cornholio now. My son will do it. Oh, He'll put no. his shirt over and raise his little hands up. And I'm like, dude, where'd you learn that? I said, I've seen Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. But I guess there's a part of Beavis and Butthead because I was a teenage metalhead. I kind of relate to. I was a teenage metalhead that was like always liked girls but never, you know, had a girlfriend. No, I didn't have an obsession with getting laid like they do or, or scoring like they do. <laughs> but, but you, you know, probably also knew what that, that meant. They there's, don't. There's, still that, there's still that part of me, though, that, that, that looks back at that and relates to those guys a little bit, even though they're a lot stupider than I ever was. My daughter's obsessed <laughs> I mean, you know with I South feel, Park. You know when I'm like worried that I'm too Beavis and Buttheady? When I wear shorts. Yeah. Like, they look so bad in shorts. I feel like every time I wear shorts, that's what I look that's like. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I never wear oh shorts. God, I hate wearing shorts. I think I look like a kid. It's like, why am I going to wear shorts? Hey. Only, only kids wear shorts. I only like, wear shorts at the beach or swimming. I've always been jeans, man. Same thing. I do not look good Shorts. <laughs> or, or when I'm cutting the grass, I'll put shorts on. I, I, I think up to high school, I didn't. I, started, I decided I just don't look good in shorts anymore. And every now and then, if I'm lazy, like all I'm doing today is band practice, yeah, I might throw on some shorts and go to band practice. But I always like, I'm not, I'm not stopping by anywhere like in public that day. <laughs> I don't want to blind anybody on my whiteness on my legs. Uh, April calls me Daddy White Socks because I wear <laughs> shoes. You know what I mean? I don't get barefoot. Like I mean, yeah, I did when I was a little kid growing up and stuff but like if I go outside I'm doing something you know like I'm working on something I'm gonna fix something I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that I don't just go outside and sit on a towel like you know what I mean so I wear shoes cause I don't wanna step on stuff and hurt my feet yep. and so yeah I have this interesting tan I have these really dark legs and it. these feet that are translucent <laughs> yeah. glow in the dark my whole bottom half's translucent meanwhile my wife is like so dark nobody even knows their ethnic background hey i can't burn i've been outside trying to get like 
you know, get rid of my farmer's tan, and I can't get anything going on up there. It sucks, but it is what it is. <laughs> I do have to say, there, there is photographic evidence of me playing in shorts, even with Van Huskins. But I have not done that since probably. Oh, you very see, much I've never that done that. You I've used never to get on bandmates that do that. Yeah. Well, see, when we got into punk rock, though, we were like. A lot of the punk rock bands we listened to were shorts. Oh, yeah, you know, you know. the Southern California so, punk like, rock you know, bands. So, like, you know, we were playing sort of poppy punk, and it was shorts work for the for mm. the accents. And then I, I wore shorts maybe the first or second time that Van Huskins played, and I haven't worn them since then. I hardly ever wear them in my personal life anymore. Just, like I said, I feel like I, like only kids wear shorts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've been in that mindset a long time, we but still, I, don't get no, I don't give nobody shit for it. Now we say on the anthrax wore shorts and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric wears shorts all the time, so yeah. you know it's like whatever. Ben Ben never wears shorts, but Ben will be Eric, the guy. Ben, ben, ben will be the guy wearing jeans <laughs> no, and no of, shirt. There's a lot of people <laughs> that look totally fine in them and pull them off. There is, which I think if you're gonna walk around with no shirt, like a drummer, drummers can get away with shorts. Yeah, especially if they're not wearing a shirt, but you know, yeah, if you're I gonna guess walk around with, like yeah. jeans and, and your shirt off. That's just kind of most weird to me. most professional drummers <laughs> wear like basketball shorts and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. I'm surprised Ben doesn't, but he's I've never seen Ben in shorts. I, I don't give, think Ben uh, owns a pair of shorts. I used to give Phil Keller a hard time look rock on the road because he would wear these like boots, like these like really shorts. heavy, like super punk <laughs> boots. Yeah. No, he didn't wear a short. He never I've wore seen shorts. Him, I've seen him like that before. I'm sure you've seen him wear a short. You ain't seen him during that era. Okay. No, you're wrong. He did wear shorts all the time. He never wore pants. I had it wrong because I remember him freezing <laughs> in the snow one time. But yeah, he used to like have his two like he used to just be like heavy boots guy all the time. But then like when you play live, man, he had the lightest shoes on possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had to play drums. There's no way he could. I used to laugh that so fun. much. It's like Ben every now and then would come home from work. And we'd start playing, and he'd still be wearing his work boots, his still toe boots to play drums. No, and he'd go, oh, I should probably change my shoes. <laughs> go change them if you want to, because I couldn't play drums in those. I couldn't play. I couldn't play bass in my still toe shoes. <laughs> I got so much neuropathy in my feet. I can't do that gallop punk beat anymore. The double stroke bass drum. Oh yeah, it sucks so bad. It pisses me off so bad. Oh. <laughs> I'll get back to it somehow, but I'm going to have to work on like... That thing's overrated. Well, I know that. We don't use it in our band. Well, I know that, too. Thankfully, thankfully we don't, but I got a lot of people that like to jam and play some punk rock music, and I can't play that fast anymore, and it sucks. I I used to be so good at it, I used to be so precise and good at it. Use the floor, Tom. I sounded like old, you know, but no. I just have to figure out a way to do it again. I might have to go to a damn double pedal or some cheating stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. As good as technology is, though, there's like this... Um, kind of misunderstanding that like even the most talentless turds can sound awesome mm-hmm. at the end of it but that's not necessarily true you know no. what I mean like yeah, you can yeah. do a lot with stuff but if your performance is you good be, you're yeah. gonna tell like, yeah. you know what I mean yeah, if your stuff true. is a big bunch of 
like it's not like you're bending just, this this way and doing it. You're gonna know. It's not like you can slap an auto tune filter on on a band and they sound good. Or you can you can use that kind of studio magic. You can use a, a little bit of studio magic, but you can't miraculously make a shitty band sound. I'm like gonna a let y'all rap. I'm gonna go step outside to warm up. If okay, you don't care. Yeah, we'll we'll wrap up here in a minute. And just uh, I can't believe it's been a couple hours already. Yeah, that's been about pretty quick. It always does. It always feels like about ten minutes of talking. <laughs> Well, it feels more like like thirty minutes to me. <laughs> I'm kidding, but still, it's short. Even if we do two hours, it still feels like you know, it's pretty quick. I guess it's pretty natural. We can talk pretty well about it. You make it down the stairs, all right? Yeah, I'll be all right. All right, we'll be down there in just a minute. I've already had the cat fall asleep in my hand twice, three yes. times. She's she's just like the other ones are laying over there. It's, they're they're enjoying being out right now because they stay in that room a lot. Cause my cat, my cat's in my bedroom right now. They don't get along just yet. I think my cat's fine. She, she, she's like, she doesn't want to have anything to do with them. But with that one, we'll chase her off because she's being real protective of the babies. So they're enjoying being out for an extended period of time because they're usually like in there all day long. Have I talked to you much recently about that live show I'm going to do by myself? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know what to do. So, like, uh, Tim Holehouse from England. Yeah. He stayed at my house a couple years ago and yeah. stuff. And we've been friends ever since. And I uh, did some artwork for a record he did. Yeah. Right? yeah. A cassette. And uh, so him and the other guy that he did that cassette with are coming over here on a tour in the fall. And then when we play at Tommy's with them on the 26th, it's prehistoric John. I'm like, man, I ain't got no band or anything, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, just do what we do. Like, it'll be fine, you know. And I'm just like, you don't understand. <laughs> like, I've never <laughs> done that. And I write songs. Everything I've done is in the context of a band. Mm-hmm. So me out there trying to do anything while I'm still probably going to sound naked as hell, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I've been trying. I've been trying different things. Like, I've just been playing guitar by myself and singing, which is okay. But I also thought about... Because, like, to do that, I'm actually not going to be doing but a couple of my real solo songs. A couple of those, a couple of War Boys songs, a couple of songs nobody's ever heard me do. Mm-hmm. A couple covers, you know. But I've also thought about making it more centered around what I do, but just going up there and having a backing track and singing the songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like doing instrumental versions, having that play. I kind of got inspired by Emotron a little bit. I hadn't seen... I. I out of all the years he's been around and been close by and this and that, I never saw him. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I missed him that much, but I saw him in Wilmington. You know, so it's like maybe I should do something more like that. You know, have my stuff playing and sing to it, or whatever. and it also allowed me to do some of the sillier things that I do, <laughs> kind of unofficially, like a couple of these silly parody songs. Yeah, I yeah. And stuff. So I'm trying to weigh it out what to actually do, but I've gotten to October 26th yeah. to get ready. Well, you Tom can do that. I, I saw a guy, like a guy that I know that I've known since I was a kid, play in Kings Mountain recently, and he's been having some issues with his hands. He has a hard time playing guitar. So he just had some tracks that he recorded without the vocals or dropped the vocals out of them, and he just did. Uh, he said he said he got a lot of flack from it because some of his friends were saying, that's basically just karaoke to your own songs. And he's like, I don't care. I just want to get out and perform. Man, I've seen, like, all right, so when I went to Wilmington recently, the show was... Um, Um, D&D Sluggers mm-hmm. which I've I've probably talked about on the podcast before 
Yeah, well, we talked uh, about it. You know, he has this thing him. going on where he plays guitar and sings, but like all his other instruments are in like some kind of pedal mm-hmm. that he uses. Yeah, that's what when I he, saw the world. But he Salter writes all that music, week. records all that music, but somehow like he stomps a couple things, and there's his backing track, just like the record, and he yeah, plays guitar yeah. and sings. Like that kind of thing would work, or like Emotron. Most of his stuff is like pre-recorded, but I think he does do he does do some other things mm-hmm. like. But mostly he's got a microphone, you know. So I thought about doing that kind of thing too. But I don't know. I mean, it might be okay up there with just me and a guitar. But I feel like it feels naked because even when I write a song for my solo thing, I write it like it's a band. The guitar player is going to do this, and where he fits in, you know, this is where he fits in. The bass player is going to do this, and he does this that goes along with the guitar and does not clash with the. You know what I mean? I don't think about like. A lot of these guys have been sitting down doing these solo shows. They make all the music come out of one guitar. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I could learn to do that, but that's going to take a lot longer than October 26. <laughs> you know? Yeah, really. It's just weird. It's a weird predicament to be in, but I could not say no. Yeah, yeah. Because I like Tim so much. I just want to see him and do something around that time. You know, he's like one of them far-flung friends I always talk about. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you better see him when you see him because you're not going to, you know, it might be five years or a decade for you see him here, two or three. You know, for him, it'll be about three or four years. Yeah. You know, it was like before the pandemic when he, you know, played with Malcolm and came through and stayed at my house and all. Mm. It's been cool. We stayed in touch at all. But even cooler, I got to help him with some art play a show with them yeah i live for that man that's what music's about to me too it's like them kind of like reaching out into the world you know oh yeah so if nothing else you'll be on stage again in october no that's what i'm saying it's gonna be my first show but it's (laughs) gonna be something where i'm so out of my hell i mean i could just crash and burn i don't know (laughs) but something's kind of exciting about that too like what if i go out there and just suck yeah what if i just suck in that capacity you know i mean at least i tried it (laughs) one of the things i thought about doing while ben huskins was sort of on break was I, i considered like learning some cover songs but just like on guitar like acoustically and and, and going and doing like the uh, uh, open mic night you know um, just some odd stuff and just just figuring out what I can do with it and eventually I might do something like that but you know I, I've thought about trying to get out of my comfort zone and do something like that it's just weird for, you know like if you're playing bands you've done that all these years mm-hmm. it feels like a step back it just yeah, feels yeah. like <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It just feels weird. But that's probably not coming to anytime soon. That was just an idea that I had. <laughs> Playing some Shangri-La songs and maybe some Queens of the Stone Age songs and just a weird mix of stuff. But And then just like odd arrangements of it. Not not really country versions, but just, you know. But anyway, that's, that's probably never going to happen. Just like all the other ideas I have for all the 50 other projects I have that are never going to get off the ground. <laughs> You gotta have ideas there. I mean, you know. At least if there's ideas there that you can do something down the road. Yeah, if you the have. The band ends, I, I've got a couple of ideas of things I, I might can do. Yeah, if you have like 25 ideas, three are gonna be good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I know it sounds weird. Like, but that, that I mean, that's. If you're gonna do things and be any kind of artist, yeah, you have to constantly have a mind about what you can be doing, what you can take advantage yeah. of, like, you know. But I would have never done this without some pressure. <laughs> I will say that without some pressure. Yeah, it definitely sounds I was, like it, something that I would not. Uh, again, talking about the, the the open mic night and doing the acoustic songs, that's a little bit different than getting up there with maybe just a backing track and singing or trying to figure out how you're going to do all that. I told Tim, I was like, I've never done this before. Like, I'm probably going to suck. It's probably going to be awful. Like, 
you know, I told him everything I basically said here, and he's like, oh, you'll rock it, man. So I think when I get up there, I'm going to say, you, you know, talk, uh, Tim asked me to do this, and he said I would rock it out or whatever, so it's time to prove him wrong. Let's see. <laughs> you know? But it's been kind of fun to try to do that. I mean, it's like a right kind of challenge. Yeah, you and you've know? got still a few more months to get it all figured out and all uh, planned out whatever you have to do to, to get it get it done <laughs> yeah i mean i'd kind of like do a little bit of both maybe maybe do a couple songs guitar and singing then maybe do a couple just like like you say like glorified karaoke mm-hmm. you know because some of my songs just like if you heard it was just me and the guitar even if i was trying to cover all the parts it would just sound like naked nothing yeah, you know yeah, what i mean yeah. like it would just it would sound kind of like something's missing the drums are a big part of everything i do you know yeah when just you get one of them drum play. pedals that just plays plays your beat for you. And when I saw World Saltering Day last week, that's what they did. Like James has this one pedal that it's kind of like an octave pedal or something, but it basically gives it a, like a, almost makes it sound like there's a bass playing along with them. And then he's also got a pedal that does his drum beats, but he doesn't use it on all of songs. Just on certain songs, he feels needs that little back beat, and it's not like a full drum. It's like it's real basic. Did you ever see um, 2013 Wolves Live? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ever, like, look at Neil's guitar and stuff? I don't know what in the hell this is. I don't know why I've never taken time to ask him what it mm-hmm. is. Maybe I did, don't remember. <laughs> but he had some kind of weird pickup on his guitar at the time. Yeah. And, all that. and it kind of did this. I guess that was where he was getting the octave thing from. Unless it was like a decoy. Like, I don't know if you know this, but like, supposedly, like, a lot of the, what was in the Eddie Van Halen guitar mm-hmm. was like not even functional. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and I, would, I don't know. Maybe Neil was doing that or something, made it look more high tech because it just kind of sounds like an octave pedal or something. Yeah, but yeah. I think he had a little more going on. But there was this like you know thing going on that like as he played guitar, it covered the bass. Yeah, yeah. It covered. It, it, you know, even if it was just doubling up on what he was playing, you know, yeah, like I, an octave I, pedal would. It's it filled that part of the spectrum you know the audio yeah, spectrum yeah. I, man I don't remember if I told you about this or not but I, like since you know I have to remember I don't remember what the last solo song I put out there was was it Nutri or I think or, so yeah alright so since then I actually did another song mm-hmm. that's not released it's the song I Need a Truck which is like a Warren Zevon outtake that they okay. found it's like just it's just like vocals only yeah but I wrote some music you know and I kind of figured out what key he was in and what mm-hmm. the chord changes were if he had wrote music. And I did it. And it's supposed to be on a um, Hobo Wolfman compilation. Oh, yeah. When it's coming out. Whenever it I need out. to bug him about that. <laughs> yeah. I need to ask him, too, because if, if... I guess I've already given him the Van Huskins song, but I don't know what's happened with it. Man, yeah. it, it, you know, I know how things are in, like, underground music, but it's taking quite a while. I'm, I'm, I'm about... I'm about to tell him about till Danny. I might be impatient enough to let that song fly, and not, but but I wanted to give him an exclusive because yeah, yeah. I thought that would be really cool to have something like you better buy that or you're not hearing it. You know, I like that. You know, mm-hmm. it, it helps promote stuff. And like, kind of brings things back to them old days where if you want to hear something, you had to lay a little money down. You know, <laughs> like, I'm about. I don't know. I'm tempted to put it out there, and. Man, one thing that's special about that song, too, is I recorded it with Jordan's guitar, which is like an $89 guitar that he let me just go nuts on, working on, put a new <laughs> yeah. nut on and stuff, and like it now, it it, <laughs> it plays and sounds like a six, $700 guitar and stuff. <laughs> so it was fun to do that. Yeah. 
I guess we can go ahead and wrap up. Um, I definitely want to get out there where people can hear the band. So you can go to warboysus.bandcamp.com. Is that right? I believe that's it, yeah. Yeah. And you're all over social media. You're on Facebook, Instagram. Um, We're not very active. I haven't posted yeah, much yeah. of anything. But so Van Hus- same with Van Huskins. There's not been much going on there because we don't have anything going on. Yeah, it's it's like a double whammy of not having much going on other than just recording and like how much reporting you want to do on that. And then, yeah, I mean, we, I guess we could always just like share links of old songs or whatever but we're just bad about yeah, it yeah my other thing is I'm just like I just I, I hate social media yeah. I really do like I'm on there because you have to if you got a band or anything you're trying to push but the more time goes on like the less I want to even you know glance at it you know and just this is that's a conversation for another time oh, but yeah, you know yeah. I just uh, it's hard but yeah we're still you know that's you know that's where you'll hear breaking news whenever this uh, single comes out which I'd like to get done by I haven't even really thought of an actual date but like you know I'd like to see this thing come out in September yeah. or October it's the latest you know I think October would be a good time That's not, that mean October is such a fun month so much stuff's going on yeah, or whatever yeah. like people live a little bit of life like the heat dies down and <laughs> all those kind of things that'd be a good time to have a good War Boys single yeah you find it streaming pretty much everywhere, most of it, at least. Yeah, we have, uh, like, a digital distribution thing going on with that, so it'll be on, like, about any digital outlet you can imagine. The Prehistoric John stuff, I, I pretty much kept that, like, limited to Bandcamp. Yeah, so that's that's prehistoricjohn.bandcamp.com. Yeah. yeah. I just, I like to, I don't know, I just like Bandcamp the most. I think it's the most fair to the artists. Mm-hmm. So my solo thing, I just keep it there. I may I may go bigger with it one day because the Warboy stuff definitely gets listened to a lot more because yeah, yeah. it's it's out there on their other platforms and and some of those platforms do things like you know if you like this you might like this and you know and I think that's how we get like all those overseas plays and yeah. things like that. But and you have physical media as well, like. CDs. Yeah, I have CDs ready for War Boys, yeah. Yeah, for War Boys. I still so have you stuff can left. still buy, order, order all that through Bandcamp, or you have uh, uh, another place we to have a We have a um, big cartel page. Okay, yeah. But I'm thinking about getting rid of that. I'm thinking about just, like, making a list on Facebook. I'm like, that seems to be good enough you, for most And people. you can put some of it on Bandcamp. I mean, you know, they, they let you put physical media up on there, like, to sell merch. Yeah, I would like to do that. I just haven't figured that out yet. I really would like somebody to do all that shit for me. <laughs> to yeah, be that's, honest, that, that's the least fun, you know, doing the business side of things. Like uh, that's one reason. Like with my pop ups and my booth, I haven't started doing like selling stuff online yet. Because like I used to sell on eBay all the time, but part of the thing I hated about it was just packaging and shipping and just keeping up with all that stuff. And so I, I know I could sell more records if I'd sell online, and eventually I'm going to, but. Part of what's kept me from doing it so far is just oh, that means I got to add another thing into my life. <laughs> like now I've got to sell them and I got to package them and then go ship them and all that stuff. So but. there's somebody in Canada that loves us. They ordered so much stuff, like the shipping was going to like be like more than the cost of the records mm-hmm. and stuff. So I like split the difference. Like you know what I mean? Like I think I paid for like half of the shipping or yeah, something. Yeah. It's I just I don't like working through. Uh, I know if you're up to a certain level, you know, you need some kind of thing where people can just put a credit card number in and order stuff. And it, but, like, on our level, 
I like just doing business with a person directly. Like, email mm-hmm. me. What do you want? Like, you know, I'll sell it to you. You know, and I yeah, cut yeah. deals and like figure out things depending on how much they order. And like, I hate feel like I've ripped my fans off or something. But when you get into things like Big Cartel where you have to set some things like, okay, um, domestic shipping is this, international shipping is this. Well, international shipping, like, all right, it's pretty expensive to send something to, say, Sweden. And I can say I've sent a lot of stuff to Sweden. Mm -hmm. But it's not the same as sending something to Japan, which is a lot more. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like Sweden, I mentioned it because it's kind of one of the more expensive places in Europe to send things, but... Like Japan, like that's you know that's as far away as you can get from North Carolina. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's more expensive. It's not fair to like have a flat rate for each. And like I don't know if people are ordering shit all the time, wouldn't be as big a deal or whatever. But I mean, like people are ordering stuff all the damn time. Yeah, I can yeah. I can work out things for them and like show them I appreciate them. I don't, like <laughs> being very impersonal with like, you know. I'd rather say what country are you in. Oh, it's probably gonna run us about this. Here's your ship. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting nerdy on this shipping shit now, but this is what kind of stuff you go through as a damn band. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I've hated to see. I've seen friends of mine live in oddball places. Go like, well, I'd really like to have one of these water wherevers, but the shipping's going to be nine thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So I guess I just don't get one. You know, <laughs> I've seen that a lot with like people and you know bands I'm I'm associated with or friends with. You know, like I'd like to have the new whatever record, but to get it here and my country the shipping's gonna be this and that and I just can't afford that for a record you know what I mean like what would be a fifteen dollar right, record for us is a, like a would be like a fifty dollar record yeah, for I mean, somebody well, sometimes a six dollar shipping will turn me off on buying something so I completely get it you know I, I've looked at stuff from overseas like I bought some stuff from overseas before and just after shipping it's like well, why not even buy that <laughs> but like like I said sometimes just just domestically sometimes I look at shipping and go mm, nah, I'll pass on it for right now <laughs> this has been a Gabba Gabba Hunt media production did you turn this thing off uh, it's still recording nah. right, I'm gonna hit stop it. You can get on your microphone and take over <laughs> Yes, this is Gabba Gabba Hunt huh, with your new host, PJ. Yeah, you could have been the new host in the same seat. <laughs> Nobody knows you switch microphones. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't matter. Hey, babies. You just mix them all straight up the middle. Well, whenever I'm recording, I pretty much.